This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts... Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining us, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 78. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and much like Braun Strowman's right nipple, every time I pop up, it's go time. <laughs> Welcome to the show this week. We uh, we have a huge show this week. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, yes. We're coming down from Money in the Bank and uh, Raw and SmackDown over on WWE. We're all about the fallout from that, hitting the reset button on a lot of things, mostly for the better. Mm-hmm. A little bit of fallout and a little bit yes. of uh, going into some new feuds. And I thought it was some really good shows this week. Mm-hmm. I was really happy with the WWE TV programming. Uh, uh, SmackDown was particularly good. NXT was kind of a recap episode. It's what like they a, do. So they do. It's the one after takeover. It's a couple matches and a lot of recap. 205 Live had a barn burner main event. Triple threat that we're going to talk about. We also have a ton of other wrestling to talk about. New Japan is gearing up for the G1. Ring of Honor is gearing up for Slammiversary. Uh, uh, sorry, that's Impact is for Slammiversary. Ring of Honor is going to be doing their best in the world pay-per-view. Uh, there's just there's a ton of stuff. Lucha, Lucha Underground, Underground is back. We got listener questions at the end of the show we're going to get to yes. that I can't wait to talk about. Uh, if you are new to the show and you want to, to uh, pitch in and talk to us and, and ask us questions, you need to go to our Facebook discussion group. We got a nice little group over on Facebook where everyone can interact, uh, talk to us, post a meme, have some fun, talk about the current events in wrestling, and post your questions, and we will do our best to get to them on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And come follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. We hang out over there too, even though we, we try to keep our interactions within our tight little community on Facebook. We will still uh, interact with you on Twitter. And hey, if you like what we're doing here, guys, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar. Let us know that you guys love the show. In uh, where do we want to start this week? There is so much to go over. I, You know what? We're going to start with the big news. Well, out of nowhere this week, uh, Big Cass was released from the WWE with no real reasons listed as to why. No future endeavors, no nothing. Now, we know that uh, about a month ago on SmackDown Live, in order to taunt a, an absent Daniel Bryan, he brought out a little person 
And it's it's alleged that he took it too far. He went off script. He did things that were he wasn't he was directly told not to do. Well, yeah, he asked if at a certain point in this bit he could go a little extra hard on the on the guy. He was supposed to kick him, and then you know just pose. And he said, "Well, what if I beat him up some more afterwards?" And they said, "No, don't do that." And he said, "Okay, cool." He goes to Vince apparently and says, "Vince, can I you know do this little extra bit?" And Vince goes, "Vince says no." He did it anyway. So he kind of went into business for himself. He got in trouble for that. Look, there's a lot of rumors out there about how this went down. There's a lot of uh, insiders who have said this is there were this, there was this, there's this. There's a lot of stuff out there uh, about the backstage heat he apparently had. And of course, it's all rumor and speculation, um, although it has been concerned, uh, has been confirmed and reported by like PW Insider and right. uh, Wrestling Observer News. So there's, this, these are pretty strong uh, rumors as far as these go. These aren't just wild speculations. Right. There was the incident with the little person uh, on the recent European tour. Apparently, there was some issues with him being intoxicated publicly. There was an issue where he was in the uh, bathroom of the tour bus, and apparently the uh, the locking mechanism didn't work, and so he was locked in there and thought it was a rib uh, by one of the other guys and tore the door off of the entire bathroom kicked through it kicked through it like went just went right through it which meant that everyone else on the bus had to then go in the bathroom and did not have a door so that did not make him very popular um there was another incident that i heard about where there was a promo he was supposed to do and uh this was a, a month or so ago leading into the daniel bryan thing and um first of all vince didn't like the promo to begin with and actually actually has since fired the writer who wrote it he didn't think it was a good damn promo. That's a bit harsh. Um, but Cass apparently didn't show up to the um, the the how do you, what do you call it the rehearsal with yeah. Kevin Dunn for it. He didn't show up to it. He no showed the rehearsal, and then when he actually did it, he went long. So apparently there was just all sorts of problems around this promo. We don't have a report on what which exact promo it was, but we could probably look back and speculate because he definitely had some promos that didn't really do so well for, uh, for a while there. Um, and there's also this, this rumor that his political leanings, he was a, an ardent Trump supporter and apparently was very vocal about it. And so weren't the McMahons, but then that got under some people backstage's skin. But the, the point is that he had a general feeling of heat backstage. It yeah. was a lot of people didn't like him, but before the show on Tuesday, this is the strange thing about it is it wasn't done like Emma where, you know, she'd had her last pay-per-view match and then was told the next day. It wasn't something where, they gave him much notice. He came to the arena with his ring gear, ready to go. Vince called him into the office and fired him. That's the report. And as you said, usually WWE, when they tweet out or they, they send out a message on their on their uh, their webpage that someone's gone, they'll say at the end, we wish them best in their future endeavors. They did not do that for Cass. Hmm. Which, yeah. So, you know, I was thinking hmm. about this this week since this happened, and I was going, looking back to NXT, like when we were th- when we had the trio of Enzo, Cass, and Carmella, and if you had told me back then that Carmella would be a champion and the other two would be gone, I would have told you you were batshit crazy, batshit bug nutty crazy. Yeah, if you told me that Enzo and Cass would have never had a, a single championship and that Carmella would be Enzo did technically. Uh, sorry, you're right. As a as a tag team, he was a cruiserweight. Yeah, Enzo was a cruiserweight champion. Cruiserweight champion. But as a tag team, they yeah. never won any gold. Right. And then Carmella would be a champ who had pinned uh, the only person with a pinfall victory over Asuka and had also pinned Charlotte Flair twice. I'd have told you you're crazy. And arguably one of the most over entrances we've ever seen since maybe the the New Age Outlaws. Dude, go back and look at their entrance when they came out against the Dudleys when they first debuted. Uh, absolutely insane pop yes. for them. And yes. now 
Look at them. Um, you know, and here's the thing. The speculation that they might get Enzo and Cass back together in the indies. Enzo's now going by the tag Real One. He's releasing uh, he's releasing rap songs and whatnot. Still trying to keep his brand out there. Yeah. Um, apparently they have real heat in real life, the two of them, but you know, money's money. And right. I, I think both of them are probably going to be looking for it, uh, real soon in other news, another big story. Uh, and this is a very sad one. Yes. Bader has passed away. Leon white has passed away. At the we eight. reported previously that, uh, he was going through some heart surgery and heart problems and things like that. And it was one of those where they, they had said it was, he was actually lucky to come out of it. So uh, this, while this didn't surprise me, it still just kind of breaks my heart because he, I really would have loved to have seen him get into the Hall of Fame prior to his passing so that we could have had a speech, so we could have had that memory of him. But there's a lot of controversy that's been online in the last couple of days about now maybe they'll finally put Vader in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not sure if there's any other kind of stuff out there that prevented that other than just timing. You know, I, yeah, I, maybe or ignorance. There's guys in the Hall of Fame, right? You know, Mick tweet, Mick Foley tweeted out something like about this, where there's guys in the Hall of Fame that didn't draw a fifth of what Vader did, or or hold the number of titles around the world that Vader did. He was one of the most popular gaijins in J- Japanese history, yeah. and he was a New Japan champion. Uh, it was him and Stan Hansen would pretty much be the top guys of all time from from the West over there. Uh, so you know the. the, the Honestly, we could sit here and talk about Vader for a long time. The superlatives could just roll out. You know, I I, I remember his uh, his match, his Texas Death Match with Mick Foley, uh, him facing Flair for the championship over in WCW. Yeah. Uh, he had he and this that was just from like being a kid. You know, I've I've had to go back and find his New Japan matches later as an adult, and he was incredible. He's like one of the most agile big men of all time, a four hundred pounder who could do a moonsault. Plus, he was just <laughs> stiff as all get out and just. You know, but imagine that coming down on but you. But by all reports, a decent dude outside the ring. So you're you're a, you're a wrestler, you're an athlete laying on your back on the mat, and here comes a 400 comes, pound yeah. moonsault on top of you. Well, yeah. Not okay. to mention the Vader bomb, which has been used by multiple uh, wrestlers around the globe. Mm-hmm. So, ah, yeah. No, definitely a big loss and, and very sad. He did seem to be, as you said, on the mend. Yeah. Um, speaking of on the mend, Sami Zayn is also injured. This is a big story because he's out for eight to ten months. Wow! With two torn rotator cuffs, both apparently of them? both right and left shoulder. Apparently, um, the the left one, which he had surgery on before, uh, is still been bugging him, and now he's just got to get it really like fixed properly. Apparently, it didn't get fixed all Was the way last he time. Going to be in one of those body casts where you just where you're elevated like that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that sucks. He's he's out for a long, long time. But it, you know, well, Finn never really made it back with just one surgery, and he's going to have two. Yeah. So it's <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, if, you know, there's nowhere to go but up from the Bobby Lashley feud. So oh, fair, fair point. So take some time away, Sammy. Hopefully, he comes back. I mean, I, I like this. I like this time as a heel, but to me, it just never really seemed to stick. Like it just, it's just, it's. It's paddling against the stream, you know, make, bring him back as a face and uh, actually do something with him would be my, my, my hope and my prayer, but who knows where we're going to be in eight to 10 months. You know, that's the problem with being injured for so long is you get out of the, you get out of the water for a while and you don't know where everyone else is going to be when you get back in. So best of luck to Sammy. I hope he recovers as quickly as possible. Well, we got a lot of wrestling to get to, so let's not waste any more time and head over and talk about what went down on Monday night. Raw. Ronda Rousey. That's all I got to say. Ronda Rousey. That was that opened the show 
Uh, Alexa Bliss came out uh, with Kurt Angle and was gloating about how she just won the title by cashing in her Money in the Bank briefcase on the night of Money in the Bank, the night she won it, cashed it in on Nia Jax after throwing Ronda out of the ring and beating her up with the briefcase. Gloating, gloating, gloating. And Ronda comes out to, uh, well, basically kick her ass. And Kurt stops Ronda, but only for so long because Alexa keeps running her mouth until Ronda can't take anymore. And then things went downhill very quickly. Hi, Ronda. Um, Welcome to the WWE. It's good oh, to see you finally. My goodness. Uh, she tossed yeah. She tossed Kurt all over the place. She beat up Alexa Bliss. She beat up a bunch of referees uh, in her rampage of rage. And I got to say, I loved this. I loved this. I did too. This was awesome. And, and I want to give a special kudos to Alexa Bliss for doing that promo work that she did to just kind of wind her up. That was fantastic. Oh, Jesus. I, it was just every word she said. I was like, it's just, it's hmm, I'll say it irrelevant. <laughs> ouch. Ouch. But it, and not only that, but she took a nice bump through the table, too. So, oh, you know, man. every time Alexa takes a bump, I'm going to applaud. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, this is the thing. So ultimately, because she lays hand on officials and everything goes crazy, Kurt ends up suspending her for 30 days. Fine. Okay. We can argue the logic of that in kayfabe, but doesn't matter. Rhonda's got to go do stuff in real life. She has to go get inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame, et cetera, et cetera. She's got stuff to do. We kind of, even though they said she's going to be there all the time, we kind of knew she was going to be a semi-part-timer. That's fine. If they ha- if they book her like this, I know it's not great, but it, it's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, I have something to say about that. Okay, but it's it's. I, I don't expect the sun, moon, and stars right away. I don't want right a female Brock Lesnar. I don't expect the sun, moon, and stars right away. That being said, if they if they have her kind of have this kind of physicality on the regular, every time she shows up, I'm going to be excited because I'm, I'm not even looking at it as a part timer thing. I'm looking at it as she had prior commitments. It's like when you start a new job, but you've already booked a vacation. You got to be like, look, dudes, I already got this booked. If y'all are cool with it, fine. But you know, that's the way I look at it. That's a great I do way to look not at it. want Ronda Rousey to be a female Brock Lesnar part-timer. No. I want her as a staple on TV. I guess that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is I don't expect her to be there all the time at first. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't want her to end up being there every three months. But we know she's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame yeah. this month. We know she's, I think she's got to do reshoots on one of that movie she just finished. Uh, there's all kinds of other stuff going on in the world of Ronda Rousey. I get that. I understand that. Huh. It doesn't always have to be on Mondays, though, you know, <laughs> but sometimes there's travel involved and they et all travel. It's fine. My, my <laughs> point is, well, there's house shows and everything else, too, the rest yeah, of the week. There, here's the thing. It's it's fine. Take the month off. It'll keep her also out of the fact that we're going to have the Naya Alexa feud now because Naya invoked her rematch clause at Extreme Rules. I almost hurt myself eye rolling right there. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, you'll you'll live. <laughs> the, the bottom line is, is it's better for a lot of reasons to have her out of the way right now. Especially because if this is the last thing people remember of her, the physicality that she displayed here was so damn exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes me very excited to see what she can do going forward. It looks like we're going to be having her and, and Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam. Yay. I'm all about that. That yep. should be, that should be a, a, a good time. Um, a much more exciting match than what, than what we've been anticipating so far. But she's overperformed every match she's been in, so that makes me even more excited for it. In addition... Like I was saying, her physicality here, she looked like she was moving, like everyone else was moving in slow motion, and Ronda was just moving faster than them. Like, she looks looked, like she really punched Alexa in the gut, too. Well, and the, that was, the, I went back and watched it twice. The beautiful thing about that was, is Alexa was basically throwing almost like a working punch where it was kind of slow and telegraphed, and Ronda just dropped and socked her in the gut, 
like it was a legit punch. And look, she pulled it a little bit, you know, so she didn't actually like not make, the wind make, out of her, make yeah. Alexa poop herself. <laughs> but it was, but it looked like she was, everyone else was moving in slow motion. And even Rhonda was moving slow for her. Like she just was so relaxed about it. You know, it didn't look like she was going full speed, which is real exciting. Like that's, it was, it brought an energy that you don't normally see to these wrestling scuffles. So that's something that I, you know, as we, as we figure out, as we wrap our minds around the concept of Ronda Rousey and the WWE, these are the little things that make you hopeful, that make you excited. So I, I with this whole bit, and then right she goes here, away for 30 days. Like fine. you get excited and you're like, ah, ah, yeah. it's, but that's going to, that's going to, it's not going to cool her down. It's only three, four raws in a pay-per-view. Like when she comes back, people will still be excited. We'll have seven pay-per-views between now and then. <laughs> well, if it. I hope not. But uh, <laughs> what we will have is a new Intercontinental Champion because Dolph Ziggler beat Seth Rollins. We had another. We finally had another open challenge for the Intercontinental Championship, which I, you know, it's a great concept because it makes Seth look like a badass. That he will, he, you know, he's got beat up on Sunday by Elias, and he's ready to go again the next Fantastic. day. But he obviously wasn't ready to go because his knee was still bothering him and he was still a little out of it. And Dolph took advantage, rolls him up, gets the one, two, three with a tiny bit of a distraction from Drew McIntyre. But whatever, Dolph Ziggler is now your new intercontinental champion again. Now, when I when I heard Ziggler's record scratch thing after he said, if you want some, come get some, whatever. Um, I, when I heard that immediately, I was like, oh, Yes, it's going to be Drew McIntyre because Dolph's going to come out first. And then Drew did come out behind him, and I was like, yes, Drew McIntyre. Nope. Dolph Ziggler walks down to the ring again. Now, I I will just say that I really like Dolph as a performer, I and we've been very vocal about not being fans of this heel thing he's been on for the last year or so. Yeah. But... Uh, I'm not mad at this. I like him. I like him and Seth having matches together. I really they work respect well Dolph. together. Yeah, yeah, I respect Dolph. Yeah, especially and his in-ring ability. Yes, but I just, I just can't stand what they've been doing with this character and kind of how he's been playing it for a long time. And it's he's this dumbing in, down Drew McIntyre. This insouciance, this, uh, this nonchalance, this I don't care attitude. Unfortunately, that reads as I don't care, so you shouldn't care. Well, now the energy's starting to come back to it. And the fact, and like you said, you know, having Drew there, it adds a new perspective on it. Um, Dolph is now, he's turned the character into being more motivated to show everybody yep. else how to do it. You know what I mean? So it, it has brought a new energy to the character. We're getting a rematch of this next week. I'm very curious to see what happens there. Um, I, I think there's a lot of, of, there's a lot of stuff hanging in the air here. There's a lot of possibilities that could happen mm. with the storyline. Could insert Drew and make it a triple threat, and that's a way to break think, him up with Ziggler? I don't know. I, I don't, I think that it just seems too soon to break the two of them up, but Lord knows you and Never I would both, have done it in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, just that at all. realistically, I have a feeling they're going to be together for a while, uh, you know, working on the dynamic of it. But uh, yeah, I, I see this being kind of a long, a long feud with lots of different uh, components. This is are they trying to do Shawn Michaels and Diesel? Is yeah, that what they're doing? It definitely feels like that's that. what it reeks of to me. Yeah. And, Which, and I hate to see. Well, I mean, look at what happened to Kevin Nash down the road. Fine, in a good way. But I mean, I just hate that Drew's been on such this journey for the last ten years. I just want it, and he's a former NXT champion. But that's here's the thing: it on the mid card. But look with what Drew happened, Dolph Ziggler. Okay, but look what happened with Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Diesel ends up getting the big main event push, but just can't hang and, and doesn't really start selling any tickets. You give Drew McIntyre that same exact storyline and push that the two of them had. 
I, I, I'm a lot happier with that. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I say that's more Kevin Nash's problem than WWE's, although, you know, it's always a two way street. Right. Um, speaking of two way streets, we got to talk about Bobby Lashley again. Uh, because he was involved in an angle later on that happened with Roman Reigns. Apparently, uh, Lashley wants Brock Lesnar. Roman wants Brock Lesnar. Uh, everybody wants Brock Lesnar. Everybody wants Brock Lesnar, which, you know, everyone wants the Universal Championship and to bring it back to Raw as opposed to having it flying out there ephemerally off somewhere, wherever Brock is. I like this idea. I like where where this has gone. Even Seth Rollins, before the Open Challenge started, even made a comment about how he's a working champion and a fighting champion, and he has it on. I like this, that the other superstars of Raw are now also going out there and saying, no, the Universal title needs to be on TV. It's kind of this general overwhelming feeling. So, yeah. I don't, I'm not mad at Lashley coming out here. I liked the way, actually liked the way that Roman Reigns interrupted Kurt Angle just immediately. Yes, like they kicked his music. You when say it, you say the words Brock Lesnar yeah, and Roman or, Reigns or, tight, or number Burn one contender. It's as soon sure. as he comes and he's out, he's immediately right? there. Like you know, I'm, I should be the Universal Champion. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I really beat him. You just kind of screwed me over. I'm the uncrowned yeah. Universal Champion. Well. Mm. The thing that uh, here's so, so I liked the the Reigns and, and Lashley stuff. If we're going into a Reigns and Lashley feud, I'm not entirely mad at that. No, I, that's two big hosses. I'd like to see. They're gonna beat the shit out of get each other. Physical, yeah. I'm I'm not mad at that. It could be worse for both of them. We've seen worse for both of them. Oh, about three or four days ago. Yeah. Um, but this is this is fine. It looks like they're going to be in a big uh, match with a bunch of guys to determine who's the number one contender. I've heard rumor that that match is actually going to take place at Extreme Rules, which yes. is deja vu to last year where we had the five-man Extreme Rules number one championship, number yep. one number one contender match, which ended up being really good, if you remember. That was and a- it ended up leading to a triple threat at SummerSlam, right, with Strowman and Joe? Yeah, but it was... Uh, but I'm, the, if I'm remembering right? Uh, but the thing is that that five-man match, my point was Extreme Rules, was awesome last year. So oh, if we're heading, incredible, yeah. If, you're, if we're heading to another one of those, I'm excited. If we're heading to just... Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. I, I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? That could be fun. What, what I didn't like here was they they just had, they teamed him up for some reason. They're like, okay, well, Reigns and Lashley, the Revival's coming out right now to challenge Why? you. And you're going to be a tag team against the Revival. And they ended up just basically squashing the Revival. It was a, like the Revival got a little bit of offense in, but it was basically a squash. And neither Roman nor Lashley treated them as any kind of threat, which is just tragic. It's just tragic what they're doing with the revival. I mean, you know, Slater and Rhino are jobbing to the B team down somewhere lower, lower on the card. But this is basically Ascension 2.0, mm-hmm. you know, where these guys who have a great gimmick, who are great ring workers, way better than the Ascension ever were, too, are to just see how getting, little they look standing next to Roman and, and Lashley, mean, though. That is the big, that's the they big problem. Tiny. That is the big problem. But, if, you know, Rowan, here's the thing. We're not the land of the giants anymore. It's not where every guy is six foot five and jacked. Roman and Lashley are two. On Raw, they are at the top of the Roman and Lashley are two of the biggest guys in the company. The other big guys are Drew McIntyre and obviously Braun Strowman. Everyone else is a lot smaller. Brock. No, but Brock's not even there. You know what I'm talking about. I know know, know, Like most of the roster is a lot smaller these days. So Dash and Dawson wouldn't look that weird next to a lot of other people. Next to Roman and Lashley, they look terrible. (laughs) And that's not just the booking to make them look like, you know, like goons. 
where they just get murdered by these guys. Anyway, I, yeah. So I have mad love for the revival. I, I thought they were going to be one of the hottest tag teams coming up out of NXT, and it just did. And then they had, went through the string of injuries, and then they've just never recovered. And I'm not sure that you can at this point, to be honest. I'm not sure what their future holds for them. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they if they piss somebody off or if that's just the role that Vince sees them in. Where you know he, when he sees them work, he. We know that Vince doesn't have the time to watch everything that WWE puts out. Yeah. He doesn't really watch NXT that much. He's just like, eh, that's Hunter's thing. It's fine. If people like it, great. Um, you know, So there's the speculation that he doesn't know how good these guys are. He just takes a look at them and goes, eh, they're little guys. Feed them to Reigns and Lashley. You know, And that just might be his perception. And so we may never see the Revival have any kind of success on the main roster because that's what Vince's perception is. You know, you made a good point earlier that um, Slater and Rhino were jobbing to the B team down on the under mid card, and at least they get to come out and work with Reigns and Lashley. I, I guess if there's a silver lining here. Yeah, at least I, they got TV time. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got their paycheck for that. Um, between Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley, who do you want to see face Brock at SummerSlam? Or do you want a triple threat? Um, I, at this point I want, Oh God, you threw the triple threat thing at me. I, I don't, I, I have, I, I put something in the busted wide open group. I think this is probably the best time to, to go ahead and throw this out here too. It, it, it's somewhat been revealed that the plan has, that has leaked out that Roman Reigns is finally going to barely go over Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam with an almost immediate cash-in on a beaten-down Roman Reigns by Braun Strowman. Where did you see this? To be, uh, I, I'm not, I can't tell, reveal all of my sources, my secret sources. Uh, this sounds like right. a, a, a wild speculate, speculative It's not rumor. wild speculation. Okay. You'll see. All right. Um, but my point is, is that it's at this point, we've seen this so many times. I want to go back and, and get this done. I want to get this. I feel the same way about this now as I did at WrestleMania. I want to get this over with. I want sure. to rip this Band-Aid off. And if, and if it's going to be anybody that does it, it should be Roman. Is this, is this, this your same source that told you that John Cena was going to face Brock Lesnar for his uh That his, was not a source. That was wild speculation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just, just checking. No, no. So hindsight. So when this happens, when we go to SummerSlam and none of this happens, in hindsight, it'll be wild speculation. Maybe. But right now, it's a, it's a nearly confirmed rumor? Yes. Okay. Just, spe- what, just checking. nearly confirmed? Just checking. <laughs> uh, it ain't confirmed by a long shot. No. Um, okay, other stuff on, on Raw that we had. We had, speaking of tag teams, Braun Strowman and Finn Balor teamed up against a injured Kevin Owens. He's still hurting from getting thrown off the top of a 20-foot ladder on as Sunday. You would be. As you would be. Uh, Kevin Owens and Baron Corbin, Constable Corbin, coming out and actually having a match since his new kind of gimmick change or slight step to the side. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. I really did too. And I didn't, I mean, even though Baron Corbin ends up getting the clean pinfall victory on Finn Balor, I thought this was a really fun match. Well, he hit two end of days on him. Well, him. yeah, exactly. You, but You would just lay there. <laughs> but nevertheless, by transitive property, Finn Balor is now a worse tag partner than an 11-year-old boy. I'm oh, just going to throw oh, that wow. out there. Wow. I just saying. What's up, Nicholas? I hate, you know, <laughs> Nicholas would have helped Braun win this. Oh, man. Anyway, the point, my, my point is this was a lot of fun. And I think this was if if looking at WWE booking is any indication, uh, it I mean, it looks based on what they've been doing that Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman are heading to some sort of feud. Um, if they end up having a match at Extreme Rules, it could work out because, you know, the weapons are great equalizers and even a monster can fall if you use a kendo stick right. Yeah. And in addition, I'd be curious to see a Finn Balor and Baron Corbin program, uh, especially with the Constable Corbin uh, gimmick because of the way that he can he can use the authority's power against Finn. And 
I, I'd be interested to see what they did with that. I'll put it that way. I haven't turned the corner on Finn yet. I still kind of oh, feel the same here way about we go. it. I really do. It just I don't you know I, I don't I don't I'm not going to repeat all that stuff again. But it's it's a matter of just he's not he's got he's the ability. Big, he's not big enough. He's not big enough. Mm-hmm. You put him in the ring next to right. Braun Strowman and Corbin, and he looks tiny. All right, Vince. This is the this is why we had the land of giants for so long. And you just, you just look don't look at a man's talent. You look at a man's size. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That's that's what under you wouldn't have had Daniel Bryan with that kind of thinking. Okay, but uh, I believe you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm fine that Finn got pinned. It's you know it is what it is. Like you said, two end of days. They could be heading into a feud. We could get this worked out. Um, so I'm curious to see where they go with this. This was a nice, as we said on this on this raw, we started some new stuff. This is the beginning of something. I'm very curious to see where it goes, as there could be a lot of fun stuff here. Yeah, something else that got started, oh, or yeah. rather, finally finally legitimately kicked off Sasha versus Bailey. We had a tag match between two of the members of the riot squad and Sasha and Bailey, and they finally came to blows uh, in the ring and then backstage and scuffled through the whole thing. And Sasha finally drove off on Bailey while she was trying to get her to talk or whatever. Bailey threw a water bottle at her, threw a water, but whatever. Yeah. So finally it looks like on the, you know, they're making a point of saying, Hey, Sasha and Bailey is happening. Is this too late? Too little, too late. No, 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 you don't think so. no, you think they could still pull this off? I think this is the most fire and most heat these two have had, maybe since Elimination Chamber when they when she threw her off the top of the chamber. That was that was about the as high as I remember it getting. This is this is legit backstage. I'm pissed. Okay, kind of uh, fire between these two. Um, I, I I'm really excited to see where this goes. Maybe we finally get it. Maybe it looks like they're pulling the trigger on it. It certainly does. I mean, they have had them fight backstage before, and they just kind of you know swept under the rug. And nothing happened because of it, but and now they're actually it looks like it looks like for real they're going this time. Yeah. But here's my here's my worry is that when the last time we had a true Sasha versus Bailey build back in NXT, both of their characters were much more clearly defined. Sasha was the incredibly arrogant heel. Bailey was the scrappy underdog who had built herself up for nothing and uh, was challenging someone that was by all intents and purposes out of her league. So uh, this now, the, the characters where they are right now, it doesn't have any of that excitement. I don't know what they're going to do to make us care about this anywhere near as much as we did for the feud back then. I don't know that we need to. I think no? it's. It, I think at this point, over the course of the last year or so, it's been pretty established that these two are back and forth. You know, friends that fight kind of thing. And I think what we saw this week on Raw was a next was next level kind of stuff. We haven't sure. seen this from them yet. But I think that there's a lot of expectations out there and and largely arguably within the more kind of smarky community there's expectations if Sasha and Bailey are to go and have a feud. But that trickles down. You know what I mean? Sure. That stuff gets out there like in whispers and rumors and innuendo and people talking to each other in the audiences and online. You know, oh, Sasha and Bailey. You know, people are going to start saying, "Well, Maybe this should be something special. And if it's not, it's going to really tank one or both of them. So it's something that I've been worried about that because they've been circling it for so long. I'm like, man, if they do this, this is a really man. They've got a tightrope to walk here and I'm scared. I'm very scared of what they're going to do. What else have they got for them to do? Well, this is the, (laughs) 
They could have a lot of things for Sasha to do. Because Alexa and Rousey and Nia yeah, are busy, and exactly. there ain't shit else to do. And and I mean, look at Charlotte and Becky right now. Yeah. You know, well, look at look at Sasha and Becky because I think Sasha and Becky are actually very similar in terms sure. of how their careers have been going, and they both seem like they're getting something to do. Sasha's what she's going to be doing is a little more concrete than what Becky's doing, but at the same time, what Sasha's doing is way more dangerous in terms of her career because if this is a is a non-starter it could really tank her hard mm, yeah because she's already kind of she's fallen off a lot well that's everything that i got to see this week because i watched the hulu edition oh, what did i miss nice. uh apparently a lot yeah a lot a lot of little things it was okay. a lot of so there's a lot of the big stuff that happened on the hulu edition on the non-hulu edition we had a couple of squash matches a couple of uh, other happenings jinder mahal got his win back by defeating chad gable again okay uh chad Poor obviously chad. another guy who's just not big enough uh nick wow so he doesn't get any love uh, Bobby Roode squashed the crap out of Kurt Hawkins. Kurt's now, I guess, zero and two hundred two. His uh, his his losing streak continues. The Deleters of Worlds uh, defeated Rhino and Slater again, and then uh, there was a nice little mocking on the Titantron. The B team is now mocking them. Who knows when we'll get that match? The B team has the number one contenders, so I don't know when we're going to be getting that match. Is it their decision of when they get to do it, or is I don't it up know. To Kurt? I don't. <laughs> I'm asking you like you really know. I'm me, sorry. Hold on. Let me call up creative right now. Right. And I'll tell you. Hey, Carano. Get um, Mojo Raleigh beat No Way Jose in the whoop-de-doo. Uh, Mojo, Mojo once again said, you know, something along the lines of here I come and, and okay, great. Here you come. All right. Let me know when you're, when you're here. Yep. And then Elias also had a nice little song, a longer, basically a longer Elias segment where no one interrupted him and just had a long song running down the crowd and looking kind of sad. Um, and the only thing I can hope is that Elias gets something else to do, like being in the number one contendership match or something, because I don't think that I think they're obviously they're obviously high on him. It's just a matter of where he lands. Yeah. But we just don't have any indication. I think he'd be his. great in there, but I just I don't see it being a reality. Oh. I, I don't think he's going to be in the number in the number one contenders conversation. No, no. For the oh, universal I, championship. I absolutely think so. No. Yeah. Not yet. They're so high on him. He'll be space filled. He'll be like Bobby Roode in the money in the bank match. Fine. Not going to win. <laughs> he's just there to be a body. Yeah. He'll have a personality and a character. That's though. well. <laughs> Hello. Touche. Well, that's it for Monday Night Raw. You know, we got to keep talking about uh, the WWE programming, and that means we need to go talk about SmackDown Live. Lee, and the big news coming out of SmackDown Live this week is the announcement of a gauntlet match Woo! that we were going to have as our main event this week on SmackDown Live. Uh, I gotta, I gotta admit, I got a little excited. I was really excited about this, I, um, yeah. especially once we found out who was going to be involved. Bingo! Yeah, that was a good lineup of uh, people in this. You got oh, Rusev, yeah. Miz, Daniel Bryan, Biggie, and Samoa Joe yes. in a gauntlet match. I what? was the second they announced that near the top of the show. I was just like, "Oh wow, okay, that's I'm in." Um, and I'm normally I'm very nervous about gauntlet matches because if you're not careful, they can be very dangerous for people's. I hate using this word, but momentum. I mean, you know, it's it's a really easy way to make someone look bad if they can't go the distance and usually there's one person who goes a long time in gauntlet matches there's a couple people who go out how they go out is really impactful and meaningful they can be great ways to jumpstart feuds or continue feuds or tease feuds or even build people up they can also be really bad for people so i'm always nervous about them i gotta say they nailed this one yeah top to bottom 
top to bottom. Every every elimination was good. The people that uh, the, well, let's, let's run through let's it. run through it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say let's run through it. There's had, a lot of little mini stories in here to talk about. Absolutely, like for let's talk about all the matchups. It started off with Daniel Bryan and yep. Big E. Big E finally getting his his singles moment. I thought it was going to be at Money in the Bank. Thank God they they did the right thing and went with Kofi uh, for that. But Big E gets his singles moment here. Has a nice match against Daniel Bryan. Um, it looks like they may be testing him for that singles run. By the way, when Daniel Bryan was coming out, uh, they were just finishing up the tag match between Gallows and Anderson and the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh, yeah, this is interesting. And there was a moment on the ramp between Daniel, because they, they cued Daniel Bryan's entrance music as the bro- Bludgeon Brothers were walking back up the ramp. Yeah, the- and they stopped in the middle, and there was this exchange of looks, but no physicality, and I'm wondering what the hell that was all about. Well, let's let's come back to that later later on the gauntlet okay. match. So we'll, we'll we'll mention the Bludgeon Brothers thing now, but let's come back to it because that that is going to be something Fair. that I want to really dive into a little bit more. Uh, it is kind of sad that you know they had the, the Bludgeon Brothers. By the way, as an aside, had that match against Gallows and Anderson looked like a rematch of Sunday, and it was basically another beatdown. Gallows and Anderson lose again in kind of a you know basically reminder hey this is their level speaking of ascension 2.0 yeah or 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 american alpha 2.0 2.0 um anyway but but yo so daniel bryan and Big E, good match solid match fine Big E ends up losing clean to daniel bryan daniel bryan then looks up and here comes samoa joe oh, I'm and tingling. this is where oh, i'm tingling man if you weren't excited before for a samoa joe and daniel bryan feud this match is this part of the match would give you that reason to be excited for it because dear god this was hard hitting it was brutal it was well wrestled for the most part um nick are you now going to treat samoa joe the same way that you treat nia Jax because he almost broke daniel bryan's neck no <laughs> so you're admitting you have a double standard samoa joe is a wrestler oh come now sir that's wow all right. Well, yes, he's a, he is a wrestler, as is Nia Jax. Um, well, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Ask Tyson Kidd if if Samoa Joe's a. Anyway. All right. So now, will this lead to a? I, the only question to ask here is this: Is this going to lead to a Samoa Joe Daniel Bryan program? That's the only thing I care about. Well, this is the thing. So uh, this ends with after the after. By the way, brutal match. Daniel Bryan's chest turned into hamburger again. 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 He's apparently it's something that he's just like hit me go like really hit me or his chest is the blood vessels haven't like re cauterized or whatever it is. <laughs> he hasn't got the calluses back in his chest to get slapped. Um, Coquina clutch outside the ring. Daniel Bryan runs up the uh, the 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 guardrail, the thing, barricade yeah. gets Samoa on his back and dives back into the ring to beat the 10 count. Samoa Joe does not beat the 10 count and he's sent away. But. Here come the Bludgeon Brothers in between the in between the matches and beat down Daniel Bryan. Okay, so was this a play by the Miz? May, was it? Now here's the question. So the Miz came out next and really quickly beat Daniel Bryan with the finisher because he's been kicked. His ass has been kicked by the Bludgeon Brothers. Right. He's dead in the ring. Miz wins. Daniel Bryan now sent off. Okay, so here's where everything starts getting fun. Does Daniel now have a beef with Samoa Joe? Does Samoa have a beef with him because Daniel Bryan beat him? What's going on with Daniel Bryan and the Bludgeon Brothers? Why are they targeting him? Are we going to see some sort of uh, thing where Daniel Bryan teams up with someone against the Bludgeon Brothers? Is that going to be a feud? 
is this like Miz? Obviously, he got that victory there because there's this long running Miz Daniel Bryan feud that everyone's going to want to see come to a head. And the longer they tease it and build it, the better it's going to be. Yep. And this Miz getting a victory for Daniel Bryan here is going to give him shit to talk for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's going to be obnoxious and amazing. I think the one missed opportunity was showing Miz backstage high fiving the Bludgeon Brothers or something like that. Uh, after the show or on social the media. The Bludgeon Brothers don't high-five people. I understand, but seeing that it was orchestrated by The Miz to go out and beat down oh, Daniel I, Bryan in order to fuel that Miz-Daniel Bryan fire. I personally don't think... I I like it better with Miz being an opportunist who came out okay. and, and just took advantage of The Bludgeon yeah. Brothers not liking Daniel Bryan, like not liking him interrupting their exit, and them just having their own <laughs> motivations. How dare you? It doesn't make logical sense to have Miz somehow find a way to get these two forces of nature to do his bidding. Summon them. Right? You know what I yeah. mean? That doesn't make sense. Okay. It makes much more sense that the Bludgeon Brothers says, we don't like you. We're going to kill you. Um, but that means, who's Daniel Bryan going to team up with to face the Bludgeon Brothers? It's a great way to keep him out of the main event picture is to put yeah. him in a tag team. Yeah. But, you know, then what does the rest of the tag team division do while the top of the division's you know, Daniel Bryan and partner against the Bludgeon Brothers. How, so a lot to think about there. How good did SmackDown Live make out out of the Superstar shakeup? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Look at all this talent. Well, not only that, here. but just the way that they're like this, this show with the way that they wove all the possibilities into these, into this particular main match was great. I was sitting there afterwards just speculating on all the things they could do now. And it's great because I have no idea what direction they're going to go in because they have so many possibilities. And it's great to have those times when I can look and say, okay, because of history and experience and because of the, you know, I, I look at the way that they write and the way that they book and I can guess what they're going to do. This is one where I'm like, man, it's wide open. And a lot of the ways they could go are very exciting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm liking what they did here to, if I can jump in real quick, jump in. I want to. I want to preface what we're about to go over by saying we have been on kind of. We've tried to stand on the shoulders of the Miz and Rusev and Rusev Day for the last few months, for better part of this year, and Miz for even longer than that. But I, I was I was over the moon happy to see that a gauntlet match for the number one contendership to AJ Styles's WWE Championship ended up in a face-off between The Miz and Rusev. Yep. Two guys that are kind of finally, hopefully, getting their comeuppance and getting an opportunity here. I was so excited because it felt like it was going to be a telegraph, Daniel Bryan or Samoa Joe all the way yes. up. I was so excited to see that these two guys finally, it was, finally got their push. It was a very interesting decision to make, and not one I expected either. I didn't expect these two guys to be the last two men standing in oh. this. And then I was like, wow, I'm happy with either of these guys winning. And as it turned out, Rusev won. Yes. Now, <laughs> there, I'm only so happy because obviously he's going to be a transitional opponent. He's not going to take sure. the title off of AJ Styles. But... It is a way, you know, giving him a main event push is kind of a way of finally, like, we've been waiting for it, and it, the time wasn't right. The time wasn't right. They had other plans. But here they finally were like, you know what? We got a little time. Let's give Rusev that main event push that he earned by making us so much money on the Rusev Day merch and, right. and genuinely getting himself over. If I had a nitpick to make here, and it's a minor one because it, we'll see how they book him, there was something that happened at the very end of the show that makes me speculate on this. Okay. And that is, here we had this match where Rusev finally was working face against somebody, against The Miz, against who everyone is a face. Yeah. Um, but he ended this with AJ Styles coming out to shake his hand. And here Rusev and AJ immediately shake hands, look very cordial. 
Aiden English jumps in the ring, tries to shake AJ's hand, and then does the psych psych and psychs him out and doesn't shake his hand, and AJ immediately pops him in the mouth. And, and Rusev, Rusev doesn't retaliate. No, he goes right to Aiden and go, "What are you doing? He's just trying to be. He's trying Idiot. to be a good dude. Like, what are you doing?" Which uh, right away, I'm like, shadowing. Well, I'm like, is Rusev is so is Rusev now a face versus a face AJ Styles? And if so, does that make Aiden the heel in Rusev Day? Is there is this part of this dissension that we were seeing with like the teased with the Lana thing from a few weeks ago, where they're going to break up Rusev Day or have something go forward where Aiden's going to turn on Rusev and we're going to have a Rusev and Aiden feud post Extreme Rules? That was one thing I immediately brrr, I was was going through my head. Lana was noticeably absent, by the way. Um, it's a matter of I was I didn't know if she was just you know still all tired. the women were absent except for that were in the Money in the Bank match except yeah. for Becky. They're all so to be fair, and their wounds or yeah. something you know after the ladder match. Yeah, I mean the only people that were that had matches on Sunday that were female were Carmella, Oscar, and Becky on this show. Everyone yeah. else gone. So that's I'm not worried about that. The the, uh, there's a lot coming out of this 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 uh, gauntlet match that I'm really excited about. Big time, lots of stuff. I'm I love AJ Styles and Rusev as a program. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. We have a lot of time to build for money for uh, Extreme Rules, so there's a lot of stuff they could do with it and a lot of twists that we could get. And it looks like they've already even teased some that are going to happen. Well, there you go, folks. Rusev, your number one contender. My goodness, yes. I did not see that coming from a mile, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. You know what else I love? Brother Nero has arrived. I want. Is it Brother Nero? Is just. Is it just the uh, the enigma again? I don't know. Well, the, it wasn't really said. Jeff but. Hardy. Jeff Hardy turns around. Apparently, uh, the Kinshasa to his head from a week or two ago from Nakamura knocked him into some sort of makeup phase because the makeup and the contacts are back, and he's talking a little bit more like a, a woken Matt. Hopefully, not the drugs. Kind of, oh, <laughs> well, no, but maybe this is just some latent stuff still stuck in his system, but. Ugh. At any rate, looks like we're going to get a, a actual feud between Jeff Hardy and Nakamura. Nakamura had a great promo where he had an excuse for why he lost at uh, at Money in the Bank. Apparently, the ref counted too fast and not in Japanese. Or he did count in Japanese. No, right. no. So right. that's that's a that's a legit excuse. He doesn't even know what lose means. Apparently, yeah. Nakamura. But if uh, Jeff Hardy keeps running his mouth, he is going to have his eyes closed permanently by Nakamura. Oh. I believe we called a Nakamura head, uh, Hardy feud on our uh, recap episode. Of Money in the Bank. I believe mm. we said that was a really good feud for him for Nakamura to go into. Yes. And so, Hardy. And Hardy. Uh, Hardy needs to lose the, lose the belt to Nakamura. I agree. 100%. But at the same time, I'm really looking forward to this feud. But don't do it immediately. Let's let's run this or do oh, it, it's, or change it back and forth like with AJ and Kevin Owens they did last year. You know, that was that was a fun Or run. let it ride to Extreme Rules. Yeah. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. Anything. I'm fine with it. Um, I, I'm happy to see Jeff in the paint with the white contacts. That's, you know, there's some bad memories of that stuff. You go back to the Sting. TNA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you haven't watched the WWE Woken on the Hardys, it's must-see TV, fantastic stuff. Grab some Kleenex. Be ready for it if you're longtime fans. <laughs> I'm warning you now. Uh, even as a grown man, man crying on the couch, still watching the Hardy Boys. I'm just telling you. You're, you're, right. a, you're a big man to admit I'm that, sir. I'm a big man. They're from North Carolina, so um, it touches home, okay? So the so SmackDown, we got to talk about the top of the show. It started off with Carmella. It's Actually, it was cool. The, the Both shows started off with the women's champs. It yeah. started off with Alexa Bliss. And Carmella coming out. Carmella came out to gloat, to psych out the audience. Initially, trying to give a trying to give a a, a very uplifting speech, and of course, halfway through doing the Alexa Bliss and psych. Nope, I'm really going to run you down because I'm a freaking heel. And then she introduces. Uh, she well, she didn't uh, doesn't introduce. She introduces by extension. Uh, she says, "I oh, am yeah, better than Oscar." And then out comes Oscar. Only it's not Oscar. 
It's, it's James Worth. It's Ellsworth. It's James. James Ellsworth, the big hog. The big hog is back. Turtle without a shell. Oh, he's fantastic, and he's already just such a slimeball creeper. Uh, I love him. I love Ellsworth. Yep. Uh, and yeah, so he's back with Carmella. He says he's just he's you know true love will find a way. He's beaten AJ Styles more times than most of the rest of the roster. How about that? Very true. And you remember a, that in a smaller period of time yeah, as on well. paper. If you yeah, look at that, absolutely. <laughs> um, but of course, then the real Oscar comes out and uh, kicks James Ellsworth. But during the distraction, she takes a kick to the face from Carmella and is left holding her jaw in the ring while the two of them scramble away. I have a feeling we're going to be seeing some iteration of this a lot because now Carmella has her heaters. Now she has her sing brother. Now she has her Joey Mercury. Now she's got her little goon back to run interference on anybody who's coming for her title. Be ready for Carmella, Carmella to be champ for a long time. Yeah, quite possibly. This could be another, another gender scenario yeah. here with, with her, um, with how she's going to do this. Now on the upside, I like her heel work a lot better than those other guys. Oh, big time. But, uh, even Seth, like got completely insufferable after a while being a heel with, with the two goons. The whole authority corporate thing. Yeah. Is just and, overwhelming. I like the, and I like the dynamic between Car- Carmel and Ellsworth a hell of a lot more. Yeah. So I, I think that this is, it's sad that they're cooling off Oscar this much, but you have to keep in mind. She was so built up so much. You can only keep someone a monster that for that, that big for so long before you have to bring her down a little bit. To, to let her interact with the rest of the roster. I mean, you can keep her a monster. It's just really hard to do. Yeah. Um, and it's very delicate to do. And WWE loves its 50-50 booking. And they love to make their their baby faces underdogs somehow, or they have to fight upwards, you know. So that's what they're doing with Asuka. It's sad because it could really damage her in the long run. I, yeah, I don't know if there's ever a point where she comes back to that point, but I agree with you. It's a matter of you have to knock her down. If you look at the run in NXT for those two years, it was... There wasn't a lot of competition that came her way. Maybe no. Ember Moon you could throw in there, but for her short Nikki little Cross, run. Remember, remember the last woman standing match? Yes, I very well much remember that match. Might be uh, my favorite Oscar match in WWE. And Absolutely it, incredible. Just, it, that was an incredible match, but she did not have... There, there were maybe, what, two to three uh, feuds that she sure. had over the course of that run. She's going to have these all just constantly running month yeah, to month. And there has to be some uh, belief that she could lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to bring her down a little bit. There's I got to be level parody between the superstars. Exactly. Yeah. And she was, she was built so strong that I'd like, I, I don't mind that they're bringing her down a little bit. You have to, you have to, but just not too far because then you ruin what makes her Oscar, which is that, that scariness, yeah. you know? So this is so far, this is fine. This is fine. Let this not be Nakamura 2.0 and have her, have them run her down all year until they've ruined her. Oh, no. But at least she's not getting paired with Dolph Ziggler. Not yet. <laughs> um, okay. In other news. Sanity debuted. Finally, Yay! finally, Sanity showed up and we all almost collectively lost our lunches because of Kevin Dunn's camera work and editing. I get what they were trying to do. Of course. Just un- you're a professional television filming <laughs> program. <laughs> you're not Paul Greengrass shooting a Bourne movie. <laughs> Paul Greengrass would have yelled at them for this. No shit. This was, oh, this was shaky cam to the nth degree. Something like 60 or 70 cuts in three minutes. Just absolutely, absolute insanity. I get that you're trying to show that these guys are chaotic and they, they make you Ooh, feel weird and all. There's something weird. This is, this is so strange and chaotic and weird. And, oh. But that is a really obnoxious way to do it when this is essentially also, and I know it's a sports entertainment program, but you've got to find a better balance because if I can't see what the hell's going on, then I don't, I, I can't appreciate what's happening. Right. 
you know, and they found a great way to make these guys scary and feel dangerous in NXT without having to have every one of their camera guys like flinging their cameras around like like rabbit orangutans. You know, this was this was absolutely unnecessary. Mm. But uh, that being said, I did like the fact that the Usos came out to uh, run a promo on them before Sanity came out. Basically said, man, we've been here all along. We had to use you know, face paint to get over. And now look at us. We're just ourselves and we're badasses. I liked the self-deprecation there. That I was, did. That I was like, cute. I, I'm loving the new Usos. Yeah. I, lo- I would never thought I would say that back in the day, but I love <laughs> the Usos right now. And I love the fact that Sanity came out, didn't even have a match. Just we're just going to kill you and just beat the crap out of them. And that was it. I'm looking forward to this feud. I'm looking forward to Sanity versus Usos. That could be the New Day Usos of this year. I think it could. I, I, think I don't could. think I have no worries about the tag division right now on SmackDown. We've got you know potentially Bludgeon Brothers and Daniel Bryan and partner at the top, and then Usos and Sanity right here. Cool. And if we have anything else that they that they can figure out, that's great. Too. New Day will come in there and play somewhere along the way. New Day's gonna, yeah, New Day will be involved somehow, or they'll just be running around throwing pancakes at people. Whatever. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, one something, last thing before we go, yeah, go uh, we, we did have uh, one more women's match. Uh, Becky facing off against Billy Kay of the Iconics, uh, company to the ring by Peyton Royce, which came into play. I, you know, is, is this, are we back to Becky getting a push at this point? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's her looking really strong at the, the woman's money in the bank in a loss. She looked really strong the entire match. Um, she was in there kicking people's asses. They've been letting her you know, letting her push this aspect of herself where she's motivated to go back for the title and she's hungry to get wins. And then they give her a strong win here over Billy Kay. So could we be seeing them putting a little fire under Becky Lynch to pardon the pun? I would, I hope so. I really hope so. Time will tell. Um, This could have just been a nothing match. This could have just been time filler. But it, it, I hope it's indicative of something down the road. I think it's it'll probably be one of those things where they end up. Uh, it'll this week it was Billy Kane, next week or the week after it'll be Peyton Royce, and sure. then it turns into some kind of thing. And maybe we I, have a woman's tag thing going on. Uh, I hope that'd be. Kind I, of cool. I think that would be awesome. Becky, I just don't Becky know if and, each show has enough women to really have a division outside of the title picture. I just here's the thing: if we do have women's tags going on, the Iconics are a built tag team. Agreed. I don't want to see Becky tagging with somebody. I'd want to see like, you know, if you stick, uh, I'm trying to think what other women are on the show, but like, you know, if you stick some other people together, not Becky right now, not Becky right now, no. put no Naomi in a tag team with somebody, but not, not Becky. Yeah. Uh, she needs, she needs that singles push, but that's just, that's again, personal preference. Uh, obviously if it ends up being Becky and Naomi against the Iconics, I'll watch those matches. They'll probably be pretty good. So. Oh yeah. I can't complain about those. Well, that's SmackDown Live, guys. A lot of exciting stuff happening in the WWE on the main roster TV shows. But, uh, hey, we're not done. We've still got to go over and talk about. So much more to talk about. A lot more wrestling. Uh, You guys are going to want to stick around for this. But we're going to kick things off with the wide world of wrestling. Well, starting off with NXT, this week we had the NXT that they, they basically taped a couple of matches as part of the takeover uh, live show. Like when you, if you actually go to takeover live, they record a whole bunch more matches than what you actually see on takeover on the network. Right. You have two hours of takeover on the network, but then you have a few more matches that you see the week after takeover. And so we saw that this week we saw uh, Bianca Belair versus Dakota Kai in a a, quite a good match. Very good match. Both ladies get to show off a lot of their moves, a lot, a lot of their strengths, literal strength. And when it comes to Bianca Belair, who had some really incredible strength spots, uh, but ends up picking up the win over Dakota Kai. 
And we also saw War Machine versus the Mighty. And the Mighty got beaten pretty handily, I'd as, say. As anybody that goes up against War Machine, or sorry, is it War Party now? War Raiders. War Raiders. Wall Waiters. War Raiders. It's I, War I, Machine. Yeah. I, War Machine. Uh, war Raiders. Sorry. We, I said War Machine, didn't I? You it's did. never gonna. I'm never going to be able to get used <laughs> to War Raiders. I, I gave up trying. Wall Waiters Wall beat, uh, beat uh, the Mighty. Uh, I, uh, the Mighty got, I think, more offense against them than anyone has so far. But uh, yeah, Wall Waiters picked this one up. Um, so yeah, just a couple of couple of cool matches from Takeover that uh, you know had the nice Chicago crowd for. But the rest was basically recaps of Takeover. Hey, this match happened, and by the way, here's some interviews that happened after those matches. Do we have to wait till Brooklyn in August uh, at SummerSlam in order to get to um, War Machine and the Undisputed Era? Uh, maybe I don't. I wonder if War Machine will be the next ones to go for undisputed. They're, they're going through the tag division like it's nobody's business. Yeah. So I mean, who's that's, left? That's that's assuming that undisputed holds the tag belts until until SummerSlam. That's fair. Weekend. So that's fair. Who knows? Who knows? Um. So some of these interviews that happened afterwards, there was a couple that were just you know they were just there like Alistair just being too hurt to be injured or too too hurt to be injured too injured to to be able to, to talk. be hurt. Yeah, that too. Too hurt to be injured or too, too injured hurt, to be hurt? Too injured to be hurt. He was just hurting. He had a match against Lars Sullivan. He was injured and hurt, yep. and he couldn't interview because he was just too beat up. <laughs> um, in addition, we you know we had some interviews with uh, with Danny Burch and Oni Lorkin, who were just super bummed that they oh, lost. Shucks. Yeah, it was it was like, oh, buddies, oh, yeah. little, little buddies kind of interview. The interesting one was, so Ricochet gave a typical face promo after, you know, hey, you know, here I am. I'm going to seize the spotlight. I'm Ricochet. Woohoo. They go to Dream, and Dream is sulking over in the corner. And uh, they say, well, what's next for you, Velveteen? And he says, you know, you heard me. I said, uh, Dream over in Chicago. What do you think? Uh-oh. And that was it. So this has, of course, everyone online speculating, is he going to the main roster? Is, he, is something going to happen? They're not going to mess with my Velveteen Dream, are they? Which I hope they don't, because I will go as well. But uh, that definitely pricked my ears up. Like, what does that mean? Is he just, I mean, yeah. Velveteen Changing the, character, maybe? Velveteen the main roster? Where would he fit in right now? I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Daniel Bryan's partner? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, they need to, they, he needs to come up completely solo I know. and have Put a program. Put with uh, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> you shut your whore mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. God. Uh. Uh. Oh, oh, I killed me. I hurt all over. Uh, oh. uh, also, Last but certainly not least, EC3. Yes, we got to talk EC3. about that one. That's oh, the big one. Please. EC3 uh, wants to fight everybody. He's calling his shot, and they said, okay, who do you want to face? And he goes, everybody. All right, so we'll see what happens like with EC3. That was, that was nothing. The only real thing that, uh, that I saw relative to NXT this week that outside of this show that made me raise my eyebrows was Ciampa after beating uh, Johnny Gargano while handcuffed on, on uh, at TakeOver, he said, what's next? Hey, Alistair, how about you? So Ciampa, Ciampa possibly going. Now think about this, though. Ciampa challenges Alistair Black. Challenger beats Alistair Black. Now the Ciampa-Gargano feud has the title involved. So And Johnny Gargano could finally you fulfill his destiny of becoming exactly. the NXT champion. Exactly. Ah. Exactly. So... This hmm. obviously still a ways out there. Nothing confirmed. This is just, you know, Twitter banter at this point. But, but now the door has been open. We were, we were speculating on who was the next person to face Alistair. 
You know, there's a lot of possibilities. A lot of people who could face Alistair for the for the championship coming up. Not left. There's not a lot left. Uh, there's, I'd say there's like five options. Three good options, five to six options. Okay. You know what I mean? Gar- uh, now, Ciampa, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want the title to be taken off of Alistair this quickly. I think if you had Ciampa do it in a really nefarious asshole way and like injure Alistair's so off honest. TV for a while or something, I don't know. I, I don't like Alistair's champ. I think we talked about this on yeah, the Money in the Bank. Yeah, I think we pre- mentioned it briefly. Uh, that it's just it doesn't quite work with him his character. I um, need him to be just that silent murdering killer uh, striker that he was yeah. before. Uh, the, him talking just doesn't do it for me anymore. I, I almost like maybe this is just me going back to like '90s gimmicks, but I almost want him to be the guy who doesn't really care whether he he he's like he has he's an undefeated streak or not. Like he's just there to teach you a lesson. Yeah, he's there to teach you about the way the world really is. He doesn't really care about the title that much. If he wins it in the process of, of teaching everyone, then fine. But he's really just there to show you what darkness really means. Mm. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. That's yes. more what I would like his character to be. Um, the, the amount that he was smiling the night that he won the championship was just weird. Like seeing <laughs> Alistair Black grinning like a schoolboy was just like, ah, that doesn't quite work. But that being said, I'm glad he has the championship and is the champion because you know, obviously, we like to see our, our people that we respect get accolades. Sure. So there's that. Sure. Uh, moving over to 205 Live, uh, another week where we had a, only a couple matches, only three matches, but uh, still in Tostito, Ohio, by the way. Uh, yes. Yeah. Was that was that TJP? Right, was it? I, I, I'm not sure. TJP, who yeah. said who called it Tostito? No, Ohio? I think it was uh, Billy Kay actually did that one. Oh, did she? I, she called it Tostito. Maybe they both did it. I don't know. At any rate. Uh, there were they, several jabs on all the shows this week at to, at Toledo. So. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I, that crowd is making me want to give him a jab too. Uh, Wake up, guys. Yeah, Corpus Christi. Somebody's trying to take your title. Oh, hello. Um, but uh, so we had Drew Gulak. Uh, let's see. He defeated Lance Lince Dorado. Uh, the, the Lucha House Party, and then Brian Kendrick Gallagher and. Uh, and Gulak still having a feud. I'm never not going to be able to call him Lance now. Lance Dorado. <laughs> I am. You just messed that up for everybody. I'm Lance Dorado. Oh. I'm here to take your daughter out to dinner. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, so Lince Dorado goes down to Drew Gulak. Um, that feud continues. Obviously, Gallagher not here because he's off filming the UK uh, thing right now, the UK division. TJP came back out and is still bitching about no one appreciating him, and he beat up a local jobber. Uh, he, this is still some of the most entertaining stuff they're doing on 205 is TJP has found a really great he's got angle for his character. Yes. You know what I mean? This is fantastic stuff. Yep. This and is this is the core of sports entertainment to me is <laughs> is finding something like this and just latching onto it and you've heard heard the whole Vince thing about reaching for the brass ring. TJ is doing it right now. Yeah, and they're giving him the time to yep. do it. And I love the way that he's dismantling these jobbers and then poking, you know, poking Drake Maverick and saying, "When are you going to give me some real competition?" Great, cool. Keep it. Keep him circling this way until he gets something. The big story is the main event, as it usually is with Two Hundred Five Live. This is nothing new. We say it every week. Dear God, go start watching Two Hundred Five Live. It is some of the best wrestling coming out of WWE from from all divisions. Yep. Uh, Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy, Hideo Itami in a triple threat match. <laughs> I mean. Without really any stakes. It's just these three guys just wanted to tear each other's heads off because they've all been been interfering with each other's matches and fighting each other for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They just don't like each other. Yep. And, they, and, and both Mustafa Ali and uh, Buddy Murphy wanted to go at uh, Hideo Itami for interrupting their five-star match they were match. having last yeah. week or so, two weeks ago. Right. So this is, this is what I'm saying is this didn't have any 
stakes other than these guys just don't like each other. And because of the way they had, there you go. Because they had that I'm invested in the match. Yep. And it was also a damn good, hard hitting, high flying, badass match. It was crazy. It was great. So and I just can't stop looking at Hideo Itami's bat wing. (laughs) Well, it's very helpful. You know, that's the problem. You know, he, it was, it sucks because he was out injured for nine months, but on the upside, he did come back with the ability to glide for short distances from a high place. I believe I can fly. Um, Yeah, no, but Hideo Itami picks up the win here. He ended up uh, kicking the crap out of, uh, of uh, Mustafa Ali and putting him face first into an exposed turnbuckle with a drop kick and then uh, picks up the victory. One, two, three. So Hideo Itami may be, heading towards a number one contendership mm. uh, match with Cedric Alexander. So Hideo finally getting a push, finally getting a little love in the WWE. It's been two, three years now. I mean, with the hype that guy came in with, you know, when he, he yeah. was, when he was Kenta, he was one of the biggest Man. free agents there were, there was, he was like, he was, he was Nakamura before Nakamura. So, you know, I, about time. I'm very curious to see where they go with this. He's having some, Great matches in 205 Live. It looks like they, they finally found the sweet spot. I wonder if there's a finishing move he'll develop where he uh, pulls the webbing of the back oh, wing Jesus, out leave and him puts alone. it over your head. Oh. You know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's called the wing wrap or something, right? I, I, I'm going to have to start telling you just leave him alone, dude. It's just, <laughs> this is going to become a bullying thing. Oh, I love it. I'm never going to stop doing this. It, it's time, by the way, Ian. Oh, it, is it? It is, is it? absolutely time. Mm-hmm. We have come to that point in the year. New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 oh. brackets. And the blocks have uh, been announced. It's time for the tournament. Uh, get, oh. the t- uh, oh. get the tissues. Um, okay, so New Japan. Let's talk New Japan. Yes. First of all, before we get to the G1, we got a real quick. They're in the middle of Kazuna Road right now, which is their transitional uh, series to get to the G1 uh, special and the G1 Climax. Um, so at, the, at Dominion, Goto dropped the belt in that three-way match. It was him, Taichi, and Michael Elgin. Elgin picked up the belt by pinning Taichi. Right. Well, Goto and Elgin had a rematch, and Goto beat Elgin to get his belt back. Oh, did so he So Michael Elgin, I think deservedly, had a very short title run. <laughs> and uh, Goto's now the champion again. Never should have got it in the first which place. Is, which is a big deal because uh, they announced the, the card for the Cal Palace G1 special that they're having here in the U.S. Uh, now, on this is different than the bracket tournament, right? Correct. This is basically so like So for people the, that don't know, can you break down the difference between the two? Absolutely. This is just a one-off special. This is okay. just one night where we have a bunch of matches to kind of tease the tournament that will be going on for the next month. It's called the G1 Climax. Yeah, that's right. the, the Climax is the, is the tournament. Right. So the special that's happening over here, they released the full card. And my God, if it hadn't sold out before, it's going to now because the card is bananas i'm so glad i got my ticket early and i will be there reporting on all of this stuff yes um we got the heavyweight championship match between kenny omega and cody you've got where did that come from uh, (laughs) it's what's been building for a while what just came from dominion there was the thing where he uh a couple just a couple of weeks ago remember he lost to cody uh at at a ring of honor special earlier this year but so, there was the thing when he when he beat okada when he beat finally beat okada yeah cody came down the ramp he was going to celebrate with um uh, Ibushi and uh, the Young Bucks. Yeah, but he didn't. And he turned around and walked back. Now they're two different. They are officially two different um, uh, groups. You got the Bullet Club, and you've got the, the Golden, Golden Elite. Elite. Yeah, so right. now they're they're officially two different stables. So how did we get from that to uh, now? They're having a match. there was a challenge. Yeah, it's like let's let's do this. Okay. Um, but th- that's great. I don't. I obviously I don't think Kenny's losing to no, Cody. No, that would no, be no. In, that would absolutely be insane. But um, that being said. Hey, cool. Going to have a match, mostly storyline. 
Uh, here's a match I'm actually surprisingly excited about. The United States Heavyweight Championship match between Jay White and Juice Robinson. They've done mm. a great job of building this over the last few weeks between their promos. Juice is doing some great promos. There's been some really nice out-of-ring violence after some tag matches between Jay White and Juice. Jay has gone full-on heel. It's fantastic. I, I'm going to be rooting for Juice Robinson like my life depends on it because that boy has done his job in New Japan over the last year and a half. Uh, and he's made himself really, really good. Um, there is going to be a junior heavyweight championship match. Hiromu Takahashi will be defending against Dragon Lee in what may be the greatest match I've ever seen live. Um, I'm already calling it now. That's going to be just a barn burner. Okay. And someone may die. Someone, oh, wow. Okay. Someone, someone may die. Um, and then there's a bunch of tag matches. But with tag matches with insane participants. Will Ospreay and, uh, and Kazuchika Okada what? versus Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. Oh. Uh, which is crazy. You get Okada and Naito in the ring again. Yeah. That's interesting. Yep. And um, Will Ospreay and Bushi will, will be a lot of fun to watch as uh-huh. well if the uh, Super Juniors wasn't was any indication. Uh, the Young Bucks will be having a rematch against uh, Sonata and Evil. Here's one that I am. So remember when I mentioned Hiroki Goto got his belt back? Yeah. He's defending it against our boy, Jeff Cobb. What? You heard me. He's defending it against Jeff Cobb uh, in San Francisco. Oh. Yep. And then uh, there's a few more tag matches. Taguchi Japan, uh, represented by Kushida and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Marty Skrull and Hangman Page. Uh, Toru Yano and Tomohiro Ishii once again facing off against Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. A match I could watch forever. Fight forever. Um, <laughs> just, I almost just want... Just let just other guys get out of the way. Just let Ishii and Suzuki go for an hour. And, here's, and this last one is a 10-man tag team match. But check out the participants. You have Sho, Yo, Rocky Romero, which is great, Rapongi 3K, with Gato and Yoshihashi, fine. But they're facing off against Bullet Club, the remaining members of Bullet Club, Chase Owens, Yujiro Takahashi, Tangaloa, Tamatonga, and King Haku. What? Haku is going to be there. Oh. Speaking of someone might die. Oh, my goodness. Freaking Haku. In a 10-man. In a 10-man tag match. So he'll have a little bit of shine, but it's still, I'm, I'm psyched, man. Freaking Haku is going to be at You're the You're going to be exhausted. I am going to be exhausted. At the end of this pay-per-view. And yet I'm still going to go out and party. Wow. And it's going to be great. Wow, wow, wow. Um, okay, so that is the special in San Francisco. Let's talk about the G1 blocks because this is a big deal as well. So the G1's running from July 14th to August 12th. It's running for like almost a month. Yep. And so all of these um, competitors will be facing off. There's two major blocks. If you've never watched the G1, this is a great time to start watching New Japan because this is when a lot of stuff starts and they set up the rest of the year. And it's a great time to get introduced into a lot of some of their biggest stars. In A block alone, I'm not going to run down everybody, but in A block alone, you've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Michael Elgin, Kazuchika Okada, Jay White, uh, Hangman Page, Evil, Minoru Suzuki. Oh, hell, I'll run it all down. Togi Makabe, Michael Elgin, and Bad Luck Fale. Wow. So right there, looking at matchups, you're going to see. You're going to see in these matchups, Kazuchika Okada versus Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Kazuchika Okada versus Minoru Suzuki. Evil versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, evil versus Okada. Yep, Evil versus Ooh. Okada again. I mean, there's going to be a ton of matches there. But look at B Block. B Block, you've got Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Tor- Toru Yanu, Kenny Omega, uh, Jack- Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata, Tetsuya Naito, Tamatanga, and Kota Ibushi. Now, right off the bat, 
If you noticed that both members of the Golden Lovers were in this, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, you would be correct. That means on the last night of the G1, as, as they have it scheduled right now, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega are having their first match in a few years, and it's going to burn the damn house down. Wow. You know what I mean? Uh, aren't they? How are they going to get past that? I don't know. But I. But here's the thing. That's just one match in the B block. Look at the other ones we have set up. We got Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega, a rematch of the uh, finals from last year. You've got uh, Zach, Zach Saber Jr. versus. You know, how many people in this would you like to see Zach Saber face? With Tomohiro Ishii or Kenny or Kota Tetsuya Kota, Naito. Kota I'd oh love my. to see Zach Saber Jr. and Naito go. Uh, on. I mean, we're going to have Kenny Omega and Tomohiro Ishii again. Remember, uh, the Strong Style oh. Evolved, not this year, but last year, they had a five star match. Right. Where that was just a barn burner. This, this G1 is just going to be insane. It's going to be just insane. Wow. So I, I can't wait till that. We got about, what, three weeks till this really kicks yeah, off? Basically, once I go to San Francisco and check out the Cow Palace show, the G1 special. It's I'm I'm gonna be coming on here talking WWE and not be able to keep my head up because I've been up all night watching New Japan. Yeah, I remember we did this last year. Yeah, um, I mean you're up pretty late all the time, and actually we're both up pretty. We're both night owls in that sense. But I do remember that I was I wasn't going to sleep until the, the sun was up most nights during the month of August because we were we were watching a lot of this wrestling. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting month uh, once this thing kicks off. Is more I'm more and more invested into New Japan than I was a year ago. Yeah, so. So at this point, I'm really looking forward to arguably their biggest event uh, in the course of every year. Well, and it's one of the easier ones to follow because there's a scoring system. You yeah. know, there's wins and losses. You get points for wins. You get uh, points for ties. You get it's no points like for the, losses. It's World Cup scoring in a way. You got a loser's bracket and a, and a winner's bracket. So all of a sudden now the numerology comes into it. And, and, any, and if you're any kind of sports head and you like you know running numbers, then this stuff gets real interesting because they have a lot of fun with the way they book these things so that they start tricking you on the numbers and everything like they did it last year with with ties and whatnot it's, yeah if they have a lot of fun with it and so it's really fun as a fan to follow along and speculate and everything and like i said it's a great time to get into new japan because it's a month straight of wrestling and you start getting invested in these characters as it goes along so it's a great time to start getting invested in these guys yeah so now's the time to go to uh, njpw1972.com and uh, sign up and start streaming it from like there eight bucks it's like eight bucks a month. It's nothing. Yeah. And it's just so much good wrestling coming up. Yeah. Uh, speaking of good wrestling coming up, Ring of Honor has their best in the world pay-per-view. It's happening this Saturday. Um, we're going to report on that next week in, the, in this show in the wide world of wrestling. But uh, so Punishment Martinez just won the TV title off of Silas Young on the State of the Art show in Dallas, which I think is a great call. I was not a big fan of Silas holding the TV title. Punishment Martinez has never held it. It's high time. He starts getting some love. That guy is fantastic. Um, that's not what I'm most excited about. No, though. Dalton Castle and Cody Rhodes uh, and Marty Skrull. The triple threat match. In a triple threat match. Yeah, at the, at the for best the world, in the world championship. Yeah, that. How about that? <laughs> My head explode. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see that match. I have a feeling Cody's taking this. I, yeah, I do too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think Cody's going into all in with some sort of title. That's my feeling. Um, we have the Briscoes defending against the Young Bucks for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Nice. Um, so, as I just said, Punishment Martinez is new, the new tag, uh, new TV champ. He's going to be defending against Han- Hangman Page. Basically, the Bullet Club is just coming back into Ring of Honor and. You know, they're going to wreak havoc. Nice. Um, you've got a six-man tag champions. Uh, the Kingdom will be defending against uh, Sonata, Evil, and Bushi all the way from Japan to come and try and get some Ring of Honor love. Jay Lethal will be having a match against Kushida. Keep an eye on that one. That's going to steal the show. Bully Ray versus Flip Gordon. They've been uh, talking smack lately, and Bully just you know beat him up the other day. 
Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Flip does with Bully. Flip's still not an all-in, by the way. Still has not been invited to all-in. Oh. Cody, Cody still won't let him in. Oh. He's being so mean. And then, of course, uh, the women's match, Sumie Sakai, Mayu Iwatani, and Tennille Dashwood, a.k.a. Emma, versus Jenny Rose, uh, sorry, and Jenny Rose versus Kelly Klein, Hazuki, Kagetsu, and Hana Kimura. Basically, like, a bunch of stardom and American wrestling all mashed together. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Plus... Uh, Austin Aries versus Silas Young and or Kenny King. Right now, it's announced as Silas. Uh, sorry, Austin versus Kenny King. I have a feeling Silas might get inter- inserted into this match before everything is said and done. So mm. big card this weekend oh, because he just lost it to uh, Punishment Martinez. Yes, exactly. Okay. So he's he's and he's had some uh, previous stuff with Austin as well. Gotcha. So I'm I'm looking forward to this pay per view reporting on it next week. Yes, uh, heading over to Impact. We have yet another pay-per-view taking place. Slammiversary 16 is coming on July 22nd in Toronto. Yeah, they just announced that Taiji Ishimori will be coming back. Bone yes. Soldier yes. will be coming back to Impact. Will he be coming as Bone Soldier? Is that just a New Japan thing? I'd, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I have a feeling he can come as whatever the hell he wants to I don't right keep now. Up, I, I, don't, I have a trouble keeping up with all the different crossovers and what's doable and what's not yeah, doable and all that it's well it's kind of like how uh penta zero m like he was going by the seven different names at one point right. there because because triple a ha- had pentagon jr and now he's back to pentagon jr because they were like fine you can call yourself pentagon right. jr well i mean johnny mundo's still doing johnny impact and john hennigan that's and part just of his all gimmick of though you yeah know what that's I mean? true so let's but i'm not mad at it yeah. um so let's see also slammiversary we know that austin aries just merged the world and grand championships as a fallout of uh the whole jeff jarrett thing and and the two companies merging so now they've merged their championships he's going to face moose in the main event we also know that madison rain will have her match against sue young so impact by the way ratings are down for the last couple of weeks but overall it's doing really well and they've got a lot of great characters on there good um, I'm having trouble keeping up with it as of right now, but I'm, I'm going to do an effort to try and stay abreast of what's happening over there more. Cause there's a lot of wrestlers in it right now that I really like. Yeah, me too. And I, as a cord cutter, as someone that doesn't have cable, it's difficult to try to find outlets to watch some of this stuff. What would you recommend to people for, uh, that do not have cable or maybe don't have an extended package that wherever this is broadcast, how would they keep up with it? How would they watch it? So impact, you can actually go to globalwrestlingnetwork.com and, and uh, sign up there. It's eight bucks a month, and you can get their entire library, like going all the way back. Wow! Um, and and watch all that stuff. So available uh, on Apple TV, yes. uh, Chromecast, yeah. Roku, all those things. Right? Apple TV, Xbox, Amazon Fire, um, Chromecast coming soon to Roku, okay. but uh, it's not on Roku yet. Uh, but yeah, so uh, globalwrestlingnetwork.com would be the place to go uh, if you if you want to do it on your computer. We, we were just talking about Ring of Honor as well. What's yeah. the state of watching Ring of Honor? How, how What's the best way to do it? Because I know mostly I find stuff on YouTube or just Reddit or something like that and what, read and watch things that way. I don't really watch it like I watch the WWE. How, how do you watch Ring of Honor? They have Ring of Honor's got what they call ringside membership okay. uh, right now, and you can watch their stuff, uh, their weekly shows at least. Um, but, uh, as far as pay-per-views, they still, that's still an on-demand thing for right now. Uh, but they are uh, working on a streaming service. They're actually, they've announced that they're going to have a streaming service. They just don't have an actual date when it will be uh, actually happening. They're going to call it honor club and you're going to go to, uh, ROH wrestling.com for when that actually starts happening. So they're going to get their own streaming service very soon as well, which cool. I think is smart because, 
in this day and age, you kind of have to. Yeah, and that one, once they actually get it going, will also have accessibility on Android, iOS, Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, et cetera, et cetera. The usuals. Yep, yeah. the usuals. So uh, Ring of Honor, very soon going to be... Uh, going to be very easily accessible well before we uh before we get to listener questions uh because there were quite a few of them we saved a lot of time today to get to those uh we really ha- quickly have to call out the uh the episode of lucha underground that happened this week because you and i were all over the damn television set well, i don't know about all we you know, quick, about quick glimpses of to us 10 different little things just <laughs> pops of us. only because we knew what, what we look like where we were going to be i don't we were like the only ones standing up in that corner yeah. i don't know i posted in the facebook group i was like hey guys uh play a game of where's waldo uh see if you can find nick and surrey dangerous yeah in uh, in this episode of lucha underground but let's talk about what went down on the episode well yeah so last week we last week on lucha underground we had aztec warfare yes which was great so a lot of the new characters mr spectacular came out uh you had John, tommy dreamer show up uh plus all the regulars but pentagon dark ended up hanging on still he's still champ and this week he fought matanza yes and he handed matanza his first singles loss he beat the monster clean Middle of the ring, uh, and to retain to, to keep a hold on his Lucha Underground champion. So, ain't no one taking that thing off of Pentagon any time. Nope. Soon. Um, the other big news coming out of Lucha Underground. If you didn't know, Jack Swagger's over there now. Only now he's known as the Savage Jake Strong. Jack Strong. Jake yeah. Strong. Jake. Jake Strong. Jake Strong. The Savage Jake Strong. And because he's already a big dude he's like really one of the biggest dudes over there (laughs) and it was an interesting way that the way that he debuted was via uh famous b famous b has been going around as a sort of paul Heyman-esque promoter that is uh bringing wrestlers together and bringing them fame so if you've watched lucha underground you're aware of famous b and his whole thing that he does here well jake strong don't do so well and they end up losing the match, and Jake Strong is not so happy about that. He beats up everybody, everybody in the ring, his opponents and his teammates, and just lays waste to everybody, including Famous B himself. And yeah, it was well, how, seeing it live was a lot of fun because it was just laid waste to him. It was chaos. Yeah, it was absolute chaos. And by the way, in case you don't know, you have to call four two three. Get, get fame. fame. All right. So moving on, let's go to listener questions, my man. Let's yes. we got a lot of these to get through. Thank you to everybody who wrote these in. I we'll love try these. to we'll try to get to all of these uh every chance we get. The more that we get though, it means we're gonna have to start picking and choosing which ones we're gonna answer. But yeah. so far, I think we'll still be able to get through all of these. So uh let's go. And again, if you want to submit these, go to our Facebook discussion group, sign up with us there. And uh we we put this out usually the day before the show. Uh, call for questions. And you just put your questions in the comments, and we will do our best to answer them. And I'm going to apologize in the beginning of this if I mispronounce anybody's name. I'm doing my best. Yes. Um, oh, uh, thank you to Rule. Well, for, you better for know this first me. guy's name. Uh, Deuce Elefante. Yeah. I do know his name. <laughs> uh, Deuce Elefante. Uh, he asks, how long do you anticipate Carmella retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship? Could it last through the year? And if not... Who do you see taking the title from her? Oh, Why don't you go first? That is a good question. Um, it's almost got to be one of the top tier women at this point. Uh, I think eventually Asuka will overcome it and will be the one that takes the title off of her. I don't think it'll be anytime soon. I think this is going to be a recurring thing with about three to five different ladies at the top of the card on SmackDown Live. I see it maybe we get to Hell in a Cell. Maybe Asuka gets riled up in a Hell in a Cell match. Something. Really? I don't know. I think it's going to be a bit because Ellsworth. you don't bring Ellsworth back. 
to just have her drop the title anytime soon. So we got, we probably got a good three to five months, I would say, of Carmella being champion. Do you want to know what's, what I think is sad? What? Is I don't think Asuka's taking it off of her. Okay. I think that she's going to help her establish her championship reign. Um, I would love it if Asuka took it off of her, but I think they're going to save that and have another face like Naomi or Becky ultimately take it from okay. her later on in the year. Okay. But I think she's going to have a long reign, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't think they would have brought Ellsworth back if they didn't have some plans yeah. for her as champ. We agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going to have it for a while. Uh, next up, Anzer, Anders Lingard Isaacson. 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 Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> uh, are the WWE burying Asuka as a follow-up to what we were just talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. I don't think that they're burying her. I think they're cooling her down. Yeah, that's I think that's all the only the only thing that they're doing I, they may unintentionally bury her if they cool her too much but i don't think at this point that they are burying her per se um this is just their way of making it so that it, they she can feel like she's in jeopardy in some of these matches and you don't automatically assume she's going to win every match it's kind of the same thing we were talking about a few weeks ago with braun Strowman. you know you put braun Strowman at the top of the pedestal with the money in the bank briefcase and potentially eventually the title how do you knock him back down from that from exactly. that peg from that pedestal that you've put him up on? And I think they're going to run into the same problem there. They're already going to run into it because here this week, you know, Braun lost a tag match. He well, he won the tag championships at Mania with a kid. Yeah. So how does he lose a tag match? Yeah, but nobody remembers that. But this right? is my point: is like, okay, well, he just beat five, seven other dudes in a Money in the Bank ladder match. He just took them all down. You know, he single handedly he almost beat everybody in the in the elimination chamber. You know, they've built him up to be almost too strong. They've had to pull, they're having to pull Asuka back down a little bit so they can actually book her a little bit more normally. Yeah. Next up, Aaron Collier. Is anyone else getting annoyed with WWE the way they use the camera during matches? Hmm. Quick in and outs, switch cameras, mid-move, et cetera. It's getting really annoying. Ian, you go first. I don't think this this is anything new. They've, this is, they've actually calmed down a bit from the early teens where it was just, it was really bad for a while there. I mean, then, and, to the, on the upside, Kevin Dunn does try a lot of new things. On the downside, most of them are terrible. Yep. Um, and they definitely do cut too much. They definitely do move too much. They're trying to uh, create more drama and create more excitement with a lot of these, you know, hard zooms and 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 pans and cuts and multiple cuts. We complained this week about what they did with Sanity um, and a lot of these camera tricks because that's what they are is tricks. I agree. Uh, I agree with you, Aaron. They don't work. They're very obnoxious. They're obtrusive. Um, if if they do something and it's subtle and I don't notice it, but it, it helps, then it's working. Very little of this is subtle. And I saw even some of it during the 205 Live match where they did like the, the quick zoom, the rack zooms in, you know. Um, and you go over look at a product like like New Japan or Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground cuts a lot, but they always make sure that they cut to the right thing. Yeah. Um, well, they also the, tape and post. I was just going to say that's the upside of, of not having to call the shots right. live, but, uh, but new Japan, they do call it live as well. And, and they've they got tend to really much, smart, smooth, static camera angles. And they, they also, don't try to do the Paul Greengrass shaky cam stuff. When somebody's kicking in the corner, they're not tracking yeah, it they're with not the, shaking camera. the camera into it. It's just unnecessary. But that's the thing is they also try to present it more as a genuine sport. Whereas WWE it's sports entertainment, but right. I really do wish that they would they would find a balance. Calm down, Kevin. Basically, so Eric Elledge asked us a few questions. I, I'm going to pick just one here. Uh, he asked, "With Seth losing the Intercontinental Championship on Monday, could you see him being the one to finally take the Universal Title off of Brock?" Ah, uh, yes. Uh, get out of my head, Eric. This is one of the things I meant <laughs> to bring up on Monday. So, yes, uh, this is something that uh, has been spoken about across the internet over the over the course of the week since. Monday night, 
And I got to say, it makes a lot of sense. I could see it being a thing that they would go for. I don't see it happening. It's not good. They're not going to replace Roman Reigns with Seth Rollins at this point. It's just, it's, he's not going to be the one to either go up against or beat Brock Lesnar. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Hold on. Let me, let me pet Roman's little head here. I got to, it's going to be him. Roman's riding my mic. You'll all see this. You'll get the live stream going in the next couple of weeks, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I I was worried about where you were going there for a second because no. it, it yeah doesn't make a lot of sense considering the run Seth's been on and how over he is. Hell yeah, it does. makes a ton of sense. Will he? Ain't gonna happen though. Nope. They got some <laughs> other guys. They much rather after the amount of build they've given for Brock Lesnar, like how much weight is on his reign as champion between everything going back to him breaking the Undertaker streak. They have pushed him as arguably one of the biggest monsters in WWE history. Yeah, uh, he will go down that way. He's going to. I mean, he's got the longest reign right now in the yeah. modern era. So, uh, yeah, no, it won't be Seth. No. Unfortunately, Sorry. unfortunately, he will. I Seth do will not see a chance where he uh, does end up get, going to get that title at some point. Probably in 2019, though. Probably not going to happen yeah, this year. It, it's a ways off, and he will not be the guy to take it off of Brock. No, absolutely not. He may beat Brock somewhere in the next few years if Brock sticks around, but even then, that's that's a long shot yeah. as well. All right. So Brandon Monroe asks. Uh, what has been your favorite wrestling pay-per-view that you have watched across all promotions? And what is the reasoning behind it being your favorite pay-per-view? Ooh, well, I think I was pretty vocal that Money in the Bank's my favorite pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if he's asking so then which for Money one in the Bank specifically. Was, yeah, let's, well, let's do both. Uh, it's got to be Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan winning the briefcase. Yeah? Yeah. It's, that's, a, that's just, it's, it, it's too, you know, as storied as that, as that story is, as, as big as that story is, and then him go, following through and going up and getting all those opportunities and adversity after adversity after adversity and overcoming all those, there's no better story uh, for someone coming out of Money in the Bank than, than Daniel Bryan, in my opinion. What about you, Ian? What's yours? Okay, so I'm a huge Royal Rumble fan. And I always look forward to the Royal Rumble. That's my that's probably my favorite pay-per-view every year. I always look forward to it. I always love Royal Rumble-style events. Uh, Aztec Warfare, the first Aztec Warfare, was one of my favorite Lucha Underground episodes, for example. Right. But then if I'm to pick my favorite Royal Rumble, oh. you have to go for the best Royal Rumble, and that is 1992. Yes. Flair, bell to bell, of yes. course. Uh, so that's, uh, or not bell to bell, but third in, third in and, Pretty and close. last out. Yeah, yeah. T- with a tear in my eye. It has to be <laughs> Royal Rumble 1992. Nice. Uh, Dominic Jacques, I think it was how I'm going to pronounce that. Is that how you, Jacques? Would, Dominic, let Jacques. me know if I get that wrong, please. Dominique, uh, Dominique Jacques. What did the revival do to be treated like this? And also, anybody knows who are those two guys in the front row of every pay-per-view? Let's do the second one first. Do you know who those two guys are? So not specifically, no, but I, I, I'm i aware of them. I'm aware of them. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's the guy with the long hair who's there with his mom, grandma, and or girlfriend. It's hard to tell. Yeah. And there's the guy who's always in the green shirt and the, the hat. With the with the little like chin pubes. I'm wondering if um, it's uh, extended family of the McMahons or something like that. No, from what I understand, there uh, the long haired guy is actually he has his own money. I believe it's inherited from okay. what I from what I understand. So here's the thing: he's also not the long haired guy. He's not on social media. He doesn't. I don't. Believe, I don't think he even has a cell phone. Based on what I have have gotten from people who've been to the audiences and what is life to him. like without a cell phone? I don't know, but apparently he's doing just fine. Cause he gets the front row to all these WWE shows. He has some in somewhere where he's able to pre buy these. And that's, yeah. that's the aspect that no one seems to know. So I've done some research on these guys. Um, the other guy very similarly has his own money and he just likes going to all of these shows. Um, and also has some sort of connection. I know less about the green shirt guy than I know about long hair guy. 
Um, but from what I hear, they're both pretty cool dudes. They're they're among a legion of super fans that you will see if you keep watching the shows and looking at the crowds a lot. The guy in there's, NXT. There's the NXT guy. There's Brock Lesnar guy. There's 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 the clown that's dating Mick Foley's daughter. Um, there's all kinds of these super fans. In fact, if you watch the Mad- the um, the Raw uh raw 1000 yeah the 1000th episode you'll see a ton of these guys in the crowd all packed together all these super fans packed together uh in that so that's um that's and they they even took pictures together outside like all the super fans like (laughs) you go research this yeah these super fans are all tried to buy pay-per-view tickets a year in advance to try to get seats on the ramp and they're they're just not available yeah i I would like to know who these guys are calling exactly trust me if i knew (laughs) i would I would be going to a lot more shows. The other question that Dominique asks, uh, Dominic, Dominique asks was, uh, what did the revival do to be treated like this? I think we talked about this earlier in the show where we said, I don't know if they did anything. I think they might just be small and Vince doesn't like how they look. And Vince doesn't really like tag wrestling and just, it's a combination of a whole lot of little things. They also had back to back pretty serious injuries that put them out of the picture for about a year. Bingo. Uh, between, especially in their transition, Stopped time. their momentum cold. Exactly. When they were coming up from NXT and all, there's a whole lot of little things that snowballed into here's where they are are today and unfortunately it's kind of a big man's world on especially on raw right now so those little guys we saw it on monday standing next to roman and lashley they looked tiny yeah i mean that's the thing is there's nothing that i've heard that says they have backstage heat so like what did they do possibly nothing they just it's just how it how the cookie crumbles And next up, we got uh, John Rudisil. Thank you guys for the questions. Hey, what in the holy hell are they doing with the SmackDown Live tag division? All that talent, and they are working an angle with Daniel Bryan and the Bludgeon Brothers. You know, and here's the thing. I I get the frustration, but I don't think this is anywhere near as bad as Raw's tag division because Raw has a ton of tag teams that always lose, that show up to get murdered by their top talent, a la The Revival this week. Um, whereas SmackDown, if you look at their tag division, it's not that bad. You've got the Bludgeon Brothers. You have the Good Brothers, who just lost to the Bludgeon Brothers. So they twice, they, twice but fine. They looked they looked pretty good the last time in defeat. They they got some serious offense on the Bludgeon Brothers. So fine. You have the New Day, of course, who are who just do New Day things. And right now, that seems like they're teasing some some single stuff for them. Um, you've got the Colognes, who are out of action because uh, uh, Epico has got a shoulder injury. Um, and I'm trying to think you got the Usos and sanity who are looking like they're going into a feud. Um, so it seems like it's in pretty good shape to me. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to think of there's any other tag teams. I'm, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near as down not. on the SmackDown tag division as I am the one on yeah. raw. I don't think the Smack team tag division, SmackDown tag team division is that bad at all. And in fact, I think the fact that there is a little opening at the top now, they get to do this thing with Daniel Bryan as a way to keep him away from the main event, which he's not going to be in until they get that contract signed from him. So, yeah, I don't think the tag team division is that bad. If, having a Sanity and Usos feud is, is fine. Having the champions occupy with Daniel Bryan and whoever he's going to get as, as his partner. Yeah. It's, and I, it, I don't think the brothers are done with the brothers. No. You know, I think and, that could go on for a couple And the good brothers could go somewhere and do something. They could end up, uh, you know, with the New Day, or they could end up getting in the middle of the Sanity-Usos feud. Yeah. It's not that bad on SmackDown. You compare that to the who's 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 the number one raw tag team the, the leaders of worlds who's their number one contender the b team who are they beating slater and rhino the titus worldwide i mean it the ascension brizango brizango it is a dumpster fire on raw they are way worse off on raw than they are on smackdown if i was a tag team i'd way rather be 
on SmackDown right now. Uh, we have a question from Ryan Rugani. Where is Andrade Cien Almas? Do you think they'll put him against the winner of Nakamura and Jeff Hardy for the U.S. title at SummerSlam? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, I can tell you where he is. He's not on TV because he had a thing going with Sin Cara, and then Sin Cara got injured, so it kind of got stalled, and they're not sure what to do with him right now because he was supposed to be facing off against Sin Cara. And that might be, may be why we're seeing matches like uh, Becky against the Iconics or the Good Brothers rematch is because they that Sin Cara and Andrade Cien almost time is not there right now. Yeah. So he's still in the wings. Would I like to see him face off against Nakamura for the U.S. title? Oh, hell yes. Do I think they're going to pull the trigger on that this soon? No. They needed to build him up, and that's why he was going to be in that feud with Sin Cara as a way to build him and get audience recognition for him because a lot of people haven't seen NXT and don't know who he is. So they've, they've got to build him up some before they can start putting him in these big feuds. So I hope they get him back on TV and find something else for him to do soon or that Sin Cara's injury is not that uh, that long-lasting and they get back to what they were doing as soon as possible. In time for something at SummerSlam, yes or no? <sighs> something. He's not going to be facing Nakamura at SummerSlam. Okay, so he's not going to be involved with the Hardy and Nakamura title, U.S. title run? I, if they insert him into it, I'd be psyched if it was a three-way. Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, I think Zelina might could work some magic and do yeah. her thing yeah. and, and I think figure they, out how to I do that. I think they totally could, whether they will or not. The fact that they haven't showed him. They've had a lot to do the last couple of weeks with, with building to Money in the Bank and then now falling out for Money in the Bank. And we have a lot of time left in the summer. So could they do something? Yes, they could. But anyway, if you're wondering where he's been, it's because the Sin Cara thing fell apart. Yeah. Wait, next up, uh, Sean Christian Levesque. Hey, uh, wait, Paul Levesque? Are you in relation to Paul Levesque at Triple H? <laughs> just, just curious. Let us know in the group. I wish WWE would stop announcing debuts and let them be surprises. Do you think they handled san- the Sanity debut the wrong way? Uh, no, I don't. I think they they waited. They pushed it off a little bit because they realized they had too much to do to get to Money in the Bank. Yeah. And they debuted them the night after Money in the Bank when they had time to give them a feud. And now we're going to have, it looks like we're going to have a feud with the Usos going all the way to Extreme Rules and possibly beyond. Um, I, I do prefer when they surprise us with debuts, uh, because, but sometimes when they build up a debut, like Asuka's debut was a great one where they built it up for a long time and let, a lot of times it's in order to have a big debut, they build excitement with the crowds that don't know who these people are by releasing that they're coming up and then everyone who knows who they are and kind of start spreading the word. Oh, that's that's these guys. It's really cool. No, you really you got to check these guys out. As opposed to just boom, they're there. Boom, they're there is for people that everyone know. You know what I mean? When they come you out, you do that in a Chicago. You or, do that for you, which you, is why I thought uh, if you yes. remember back on our preview show, I thought Sanity would come out they at were Money in the to, Bank. But they had already said that they were coming. That, that they were going to debut. You know what I mean? Like we're talking yeah. like if they had never said Sanity was going to debut and they suddenly came out. Imagine if they just come in and start messing with the ladders and stuff like that in the ladder match just to beat chaotic. I think in you the know? case of Sanity, it would have made more sense for their characters to have them just show up because they are chaos. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not always mad at them promoting when something's coming up because it is it's a booking thing. It's that's old school promotion. Hey, so and so is coming. Here's what I'll say about it um, the, as, as, before we move on is to me, there's two different things here. There's AJ Styles coming out with almost no uh, promotion at the Royal Rumble, but everybody lost their friggin' minds because they knew him from TNA. They knew him from New Japan, all of that stuff. 
But does the WWE casual fan in the audience know who AJ Styles was? Yeah, they kind of do. Some of them do. And a lot of people backstage when that happened were really blown away by the response he got, by the way. They were were shocked backstage. No, like like the the WWE brass. Oh, I I understand. We're like, holy crap. But but then at the same time, there's sanity. And I don't know that they would get the same kind of a reaction. Maybe. There's going to be people that have known who Eric Young is over all of his years. And the the uh their time in, in NXT has been fantastic. So well, remember when uh like we just mentioned earlier on where where um uh Enzo and Cass showed up oh randomly. Oh god. Or the Dudleys, I lost my mind. The Dudleys came back and it was a big surprise. Yeah. It's 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 a case by case thing. Sometimes I like when they surprise us with people and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I like it when they build up people and sometimes it doesn't work. So, yeah, I I I you know what? They can I I I see the logic to both ways. And I think that it's on a case by case basis. Yeah. So, um, in the in the in the instance of sanity, could they have done it and made a surprise? Yes, and it would have fit their character. But I think they wanted people to get an idea because they started doing some promo packages and let them know who they were before they showed Shane, up. Shane, here's your alternative: they could have just walked out in Toledo <laughs> without any notification. <laughs> So I'll let you rest with that one. I, I don't know if they'd gotten much worse of a response than they got. And next up, last but certainly not least, awesome uh, Patreon supporter, Lauren Montoya. Despite the current WWE views on blood, do you think the Gargano Ciampa match would have been elevated even further with a little color, especially with it being a grudge match and as brutal as it was? Or is this something that just simply isn't necessary given the level of storytelling? You know, I... <sighs> I got to say, I love seeing me some color yeah. in my matches. And I have to say, if there were, I got, I got to agree. I, I think Lauren is is hinting here that he would have liked to have seen some color in the Gargano Ciampa match. And uh, brother, I would have too. Yes. I would have been awesome. However, did it need it? Eh, I think that's debatable. I don't, I'd think that, had, I mean, if you remember, there actually was color in their feud. Johnny busted Champa open one of the last times they faced off. He hit on, him, on he stabbed TV. him on the LED board or something, and it popped to the top it of his like head. It popped a vein. It's that big vein on top <laughs> of Champa's head, that squiggly vein. Yeah, and it it hyped me up. You know, it was like a rooster seeing red. I was like, oh, now it's for real. Uh, I would have loved to have seen some some color in this, but it, it did not need it given the current structure of WWE. It was vicious and brutal enough as it was where I was actually uncomfortable in this match by how brutal things got. What? Uh, yeah, you watched New Japan. Emotion, how could you be uncomfortable? The emotion that was behind a lot of those things and just... They were they were really teeing off too. Like when they're best friends hitting each other, you know what I mean. You yeah. hit a little harder. It was like Triple H fighting Shawn Michaels, where they put a little more pepper behind things. Yep. You know. Yep. So it was. Yeah, I, I would. I think that uh, it could have been elevated by it, but uh, at the same time, I I I understand why they didn't put it in there. And it really, at the end of the day, is it's arguable if it needed it. Yeah, I don't think it did. Uh, if I'm just going to sound off here. Uh, do I do I enjoy blood on occasion? Yeah, I don't want it to become like a regular thing. Exactly. Um, I, I can go aggression. watch ECW reruns or some hardcore matches or something. I can go watch old Mick Foley reruns or like every pay per view in ruthless aggression era sure. where it was just they everyone had to bleed for freaking right. everything. The, the the blade era, blading era. Jesus. You yeah. Know, so does it? Does the occasional crimson mask like what happened with Roman or with Naito or? With Champa a couple of weeks ago on TV, yeah, it, I I enjoy that. Lauren is actually, by the way, Lauren is 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 the uh, listener who introduced me to the probably the one of the best T-shirts WWE's put out, and the only Roman Reigns T-shirt I would ever actually give a crap about. Yeah. It's Roman's face from from WrestleMania, covered in blood, with wearing the crimson mask, and it says Reigns in blood. 
Nice. And I was like, that's, you know what? Mm, that's good. That's really good. That's really good. Guys, as always, thank you so much for all the awesome questions. We hope you really enjoyed all of uh, our responses. And uh, let us know if you have any more in the comments or make a new post in the Facebook group. We got some other quick We're not news done. to go over real quick before we get out of here. Ian, take it away. We're quick little done. lightning round. Lightning round. Uh, all In has been confirmed to be broadcast for home viewing. Yes. We all get to watch All In. We all will be all in uh also the uk tournament has been filmed and i know the outcomes but i won't spoil them i won't spoil them uh, let's, let's do our best I, I know that there's something that's already been said about the nxt tag championships in the in the group but i'm trying my best to still stay active in the group and not be spoiled so i yeah, have specifically please. told sir ian dangerous not to tell me nope. What went down? Because I'd like to watch it. I actually like to watch this. Yeah, stuff everybody. Live. By the way, in the Facebook group, I will say it right now. Uh, please, please, please put up spoiler tags if you're putting if you're yes. putting up anything that is spoilers that has not been shown on TV. That's just like a live taping that hasn't been shown yet. Please help the rest of us out. Throw up the spoilers. I love spoilers. Nick does not. Nope. Uh, so just yeah, please be respectful. Thank you. Yes. Um, Especially with wh- who I know is involved and who you guys know is involved that I love in that <laughs> thing. Please don't spoil it for me. I, won't tell I will you. love you. I won't tell you who's Tony Storm faced. It's all good, buddy. Um, but yes, NXT's UK show has been confirmed. There is going to be a whole separate show devoted to the UK division, kind of like an Fantastic. extra NXT. Triple H wants to do almost like a, a territories thing around the world where every area of the world has its own little NXT division. This is the beginning of that. Very cool. Uh, other news. Ring of Honor has lost its Madison Square Garden date. Apparently, Uh-oh. one call, one call from a higher up in WWE that was not Vince convinced Madison Square Garden to cancel on the date that Ring of Honor had, which was going to take place during WrestleMania weekend. Was Jeff Jarrett drinking in the hotel bar again? Uh, Did he make a phone call? Not high up in <laughs> WWE. He's not high up anywhere. I'm not talking about it, WWE. Uh, anyway, but uh, but no. So Ring of Honor, not happy. Sinclair Media Group, not happy. The lawyers are coming out. They will be suing WWE, according to them, uh, because they were not happy about this. WWE, Ooh. apparently... They have realized that people are gunning for Madison Square Garden and they are running home to pee all over the place like a dog trying to mark its yard. Uh-oh. Uh, another news. Women of Wrestling has signed a deal with Access TV. They are going to be produced by Mark Burnett and MGM. Uh, if you don't know what, what WOW is, WOW is kind of like a sequel to uh, Glow. They had that TV show on Netflix right now yeah. from the 80s. It's fantastic. They're trying to do the same kind of thing. Just like, a, I, I assume, like a, like a cheesy women's wrestling thing. I, we'll yeah. see how, if it's still cheesy like, like Glow was or if they're trying to modernize it and make it a little bit more um, you know, up-to-date. But uh, fun fact, yeah. Mark Burnett and MGM, also the distributors and studio for uh, Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground. So, yes. Yeah. So we'll see if they're, if they're doing counter programming, also wrestling, but with more of like a campy aspect. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what they do with with wow going forward. Uh, also, Jazzy Gabbert, alpha female, has been cleared for action. All right. You may remember her from the May Young Classic. I love yes. that she was back this year. They'll be filming the May Young Classic in August this year. So she could theoretically be back for it. Or come back to WWE. We'll see. She's a. Uh, she's definitely. Uh, she got. A, she got over herself over big time last time. So oh, yeah, I would love did. to see her come back. Uh, Charlotte will be out until probably like the SummerSlam build. Maybe even after SummerSlam, she's finally getting surgery on her. Uh, uh, her ruptured breast implant. Okay. Um. But keep an eye out. She will be in Sports Illustrated how body do, how issue. How do you just go on with that? I guess it's not a bad rupture. 
Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in her chest, bro. I, right, I don't. Right, I don't. Right. I'm not her doctor. Okay. But that's just that's the report that we got. She's been working with this since before WrestleMania. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. A, what a stud. And then finally, in a little bit of other news, AJ, phenomenal. AJ Styles will be your WWE 2K19 video game cover star. Couldn't have picked a better person. Well, yeah. I, I just wish they'd finally make the game actually good. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I, every time I play it, I'm like, can I go back to No Mercy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recently or tried to WCW do something. versus NWO. Oh, that God, game? yes, that was that a good. Was, one. That's the game. Uh, I recently fired up 2K18 and tried to do something on it. What I was going to try and do was mimic uh, the live roster. What, like, what happens on TV? And it blows my mind that somebody like 2K Games can't figure out a way to have a running update of what goes down week to week on TV and it oh, updates geez. the rosters. Kind of like how MLB The Show works. Dude, that'd be so much money. It's I mean, not this... though. You hire one person to update stats and who has oh, the I titles. See. stats. And then okay. you just sync once a month and it's just a different mode that you have in the game. I would it's imagine... like MLB The Show with wrestling. But wouldn't there have to be like a whole process because it's, you know, to, 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 to vet that from higher up like I don't know. I don't know. What I can't do is I can't create what's currently going on on TV. I can't recreate that in the yeah, game. And there's no GM mode. You know what I mean? You can't right. pit people against each other. There's, That's where I, it falls on its face for see, me. See, for me, it's the basic game action. I can't, like, it's just oh, I so can't drive arbitrary. The characters for shit. It's just so arbitrary. It's a <laughs> terrible fighting system. As an old school fighting gamer, that game makes me insane. Yeah. Makes me insane. Anyway, uh, speaking of insanity, there's more insanity coming up. Next week on our regular show, we will be talking about everything that happened next week on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, New Japan, Ring of Honor. All of it. All the stuff we can get our dirty little paws on. All the wrestling. In the meantime, though, do not forget to like, share, and subscribe on this podcast. Make sure you send it out to all your friends. Make sure you give us a nice rating and or review on whatever your podcast app is. Let us know what you think. We'd like to make the show better for you. Yes. Be sure and come over and join us on Facebook, guys, in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. That's where it all Mm. goes down. Mm. And you can come follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And if you like what we're doing here on this show, come on over to patreon.com slash BWO. Every dollar counts. Throw a couple in the tip jar. Sign up to do your very own shoot promo right here on the show. Oh, and by the way, the offer stands. We do have a merch store. We have a merch store online, which is at uh, orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash store. Yes, and you can get t-shirts. You can get all kinds of swag there. The offer stands. We see any kind of BWO, anything in an audience, anywhere on, 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 on any show, we send you a on T-shirt. TV. On TV, we send you a T-shirt. You, yeah. put, you put that screenshot up in the Facebook discussion group, we will figure out a way to get you a T-shirt or a swag bag or something, man. Yes. We'll get you something. That'll be awesome. I will awesome. get you a loot box. How about that? <laughs> a loot box. Well, guys, that's been our show for this week. Hope you had fun. Uh, definitely come hang out with us. We're looking forward to it. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Podcasts. And my name is Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.